Not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. How you like me now? It's good to see our soul brother. In the house, Big Sirs is back after the holidays, and now you got to get ready for uh, hopefully a little more cheer in the city of Jacksonville with possibly a win over the Panthers. And I say possibly because nothing is guaranteed right now. Uh, Matt Hayes is on vacation. Me O'Brien down at the locker room, uh, and we are ready to rock and roll. So she'll come back uh, from the locker room with thoughts and all the chatter around Trevor Lawrence as to whether or not he is going to be able to play on Sunday, plus some sound from some of the others. But uh, I see yep. Leon Cersei. Yeah. I see J.J. LaSalva back in the building. Both of you guys had that extra day. You, you know what the interesting thing about the, the time changes? That I've been getting texts and calls yeah. from my cigar bro saying, hey, man, you coming over. And I was like, listen, I told you that we moved the schedule. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be a little flexible here. You got to <laughs> wait for the big fella in a couple of hours. Exactly. Because usually this is my peak cigar time right sure. now with the bros. Yeah, in other so. words, there's smoke filling yeah, the room Yeah, absolutely. Right now. So, you know, I'm good and good to be here. You know, uh, how about... By the way, how was your Christmas? Hey, we had a great time. I, I, I love it. It's always fun to be able to have everybody together. We had pretty much everybody together. Missed one of the son-in-laws. Mm-hmm. He had to work up there in Nashville. Uh, he fell on the son-in-law power rankings as a result of that. But no. at least he made sure that my baby was able to come home. I hated that they weren't together, but you know how that goes. Mm-hmm. What about your Christmas? Well, I had a great time. You know what? I had the opportunity, and I want to thank the, I want, I want to thank the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, because uh-huh. and the Cigar Bros here in Jacksonville, they they gave me the opportunity to volunteer to feed the hungry. You do Christmas, this every Christmas year, don't morning. you? Well, this was the first year I did it. They've been okay. doing it for eighteen years now. Wow. So they invited me to go out. We fed the hungry. We gave them clothes. We gave them shoes. We gave them socks. You know, ET does that drive with the covers of socks yeah. and everything like that. That's yeah. the number one requested thing when it comes to the people that are homeless. Is yeah, socks it's crazy? You know, so what? So I went and I had I got some socks and I put it in a couple of Jaguar bags. And they came and they grabbed bags, they grabbed clothes, they grabbed shoes, and they grabbed food. So, and we stayed out there about three or four hours. The rain came a little bit, whatever, but it felt so good to go out there and participate in that right there. So I, I wanted to give them a shout-out for giving the opportunity. A uh, round of applause, and let's, yeah. let's name them one more time. Uh, first of all, the uh, Omega Sci-Fi fraternity here in Jacksonville and the Cigar Bros here in Jacksonville, you know, they let me be a part and be volunteered. They let me volunteer for their food draft that they do yeah. every year. Oh, I love it. Man, I it was is such yeah. a good guy. You know, I enjoyed I it. And mean, then after that, you know what I did? I went to a, a pajama Christmas party. The big fuss. Did I really? didn't have a onesies on. I, you know, okay, I do did you and your girl have matching pajamas? Uh, no. That's lame. Okay, because on Christmas I, I, Eve. I will admit that I Oh, like, don't do oh, it, Joe. No. Oh. no, no, no. I didn't do it on Christmas Eve. So here's what happens. And the only way I'll I'll the only way I would ever allow this to happen, okay? I do not have family pictures of us all wearing the same stuff. And you, you Thank can, God. I for have that. proof, okay? And, and so anyway, none of that is is exists in my home. But anyway, once the babes came along, the grandbabies, mm. little M and, and little Lemon, I like to call her. Uh, once they came along, well, then Annie had to go out and basically order everyone the same Merry Christmas pajamas. No. So, that's so you're the doing it for the children. It. It's, okay, it's basically I'll Christmas allow morning. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Christmas morning, we're all in pajamas while mm-hmm. the kids are For the grandkids. Yeah. But uh, I was walking. I wasn't walking. I was running, of course. Yeah. Because I'm balling like that. Yes, you uh, are. But there was a couple that was walking with their stroller, 
and a newborn, and they had on matching pajama pants. And I just got home and I told Blake, that'll never, never be happen. us. <laughs> never. That'll never be us. Yeah. Although the next question is, when will you have the stroller? But don't oh, even worry about that. Hopefully very soon. Oh, That okay. I would be totally down to have He's that. Asian. But the matching pants, nah. They say no. always wear the dockers in the relationship, okay? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. The dockers. <laughs> I, got, right. I wear the pants. Okay, there so Slow Cala was good to go. Yeah, Christmas. absolutely. Phenomenal time. Um, I had to drive home Christmas Eve after watching the Jags get absolutely plastered here at work. Um, but yeah, Christmas and yesterday I was, Steve was nice enough to give me the day off and it was great. Yeah. I loved it. So good, it was good, good to good, see good. family. All right. Uh, listen, it, it's a short work week. It's a fun work week. Uh, hopefully people got most of their stuff done. You know, there are people trying to hit budget right now. They're, you know, like my Beaver boys are trying to sell cars uh, left and right. So there are definitely people out there working. Uh, next door, uh, one of my roofing guys preferred uh, slinging shingles and making sure that, uh, you know, everything gets done. Uh, thankfully, I don't need that right now. Uh, and then the Golf Club of Southampton, which is our Wednesday sponsor, they're kicking it right now, making sure that everyone has that good golf experience because this is truly that week. What is it? Fourth of July week. And maybe you could work Thanksgiving weekend, but between Christmas and New Year's, there are a ton of people that take off. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Golf Club of Southampton, ready and waiting for you. Don't forget trivia Thursday night, Friday night. They got music under the stars right there on the patio with a great menu. Always Always creating that atmosphere that you can have uh, fun beyond the game of golf. But don't forget, it's a great place to play. So call 287-PLAY for the Golf Club of Southampton. Now, Leon, there's so much to get to today <clears throat> news-wise. And I didn't think this would all necessarily happen today, but it's out there. So we're going to be talking Jags, talking Trevor Lawrence, and then we need to get into the guys who are being sat down right now. But from the fifth quarter until now – like like JJ said, that was a that was an embarrassment the other night, the other afternoon. It was a butt whooping. It was a clinic uh, from Baker Mayfield of all people. Uh, mm -hmm. What were your thoughts? Well, I mean, watching that game on Sunday made me question if this Jaguar team even wants to be in the playoffs. To be quite mm -hmm. honest with you, as I'm saying, I mean, there was no there was no life. There was no energy. There was no uh, fortitude. There was no excitement. I mean, at this, this point in December, man, you you should be playing your best football, not your worst football. That's and true. I look at this Jaguar team right now. They're the fourth seed. If you look at all the teams that are seeded, they've got to be the worst. They've got to be the worst seeded team right now in the playoffs. And and and, and I'm not exaggerating. If you look at the way they played down the stretch right. over the over the month of December, they have they have digressed. They have gotten worse week in and week out. Now they gave a little fight to the Ravens. Last week, the defense did. It kept them in the game for three quarters or whatever, yeah. and then they got disassembled and lost the game. But this this game against Tampa, man, it was just it was just a lack of effort. It was just a lack of toughness. I mean, it, it, it was just that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers dictated the game offensively and defensively. And, and I the, did the, not and see the that Jaguars, coming. the Jaguars played most of the game retreating. Like if this was a battle, they play played most of the game in retreat. Mm -hmm. They weren't on the attack in in no instance did I see this team on the attack. And it's making it making me question if this team even wants to make the playoffs because it, the, the the lack of intensity in this time of the season should be going up, not going down. Yeah. Uh, and look, you 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 have you have experienced it. You speak of it all the time. But they've regressed. There's no doubt in my mind they have regressed because we and I keep repeating this, but we went into the first game in December mm -hmm. with a chance at the number one seed. That was real. It was very possible. It wasn't just a pipe dream or anything like that. No December dream in there. That was real. 
You could touch it, taste it, feel it, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. All you need to do is make sure that you beat the Browns with Joe Flacco Mm -hmm. and Jake Buster Browning here on a Monday night. Forget about the Baltimore Ravens game. Those other two you had to get. And then going to to Tampa Town to take on the Buccaneers Sunday, you also thought was possible. Well, guess what? The Bucs now have clicked off four straight wins Mm -hmm. while this team has clicked off four straight L's. Yo, well, I mean, listen, I'm old school, and, you know, I've been told more than one or two or ten times to stay in my era, but I I know that I've been in the playoffs every year that I've played football, that I was healthy. I've been in the playoffs, and I understood. And the coaching staff that I played with, where I played with Bill Cowan, I played with Tom Coughlin, they understood that at this month in December that games are won in the the trenches, all right, running the ball, and defending a run, getting after the passer, and protecting the passer. And when I look at our line of scrimmages, I look at both our line of scrimmages, man, and, and we're, we're, getting, we're, dug, we're getting dug a hole. We're getting yeah. dug a hole. I mean, if you watch that game against Tampa, I mean, they're in our backfield. I mean, they're in our backfield on pass, they're in our backfield on our run, and yet everybody's going to say, well, you know, it's a patchwork offensive line. So what? Who cares? Everybody in the league is dealing with offensive linemen. They're rotating guys in and out, whatever, and they don't miss a beat. Why is it that this team has to have his starters on both sides? Listen, on that defensive side, everybody on that defensive side that played essentially last year was on that field defensively. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're getting healthy, and, and there's no excuse for them to be playing the way they're playing. Offensively, we're missing matching guys, whatever we're missing. But you've just got to get it together. You've got to find a way to win a game, and that's why going into this week against the Panthers, I'm not. I'm sorry. Listen, when when we did earlier this season, mm-hmm. when we did the schedule, when we wins and losses, wins and losses. I had Tampa and, and the Panthers an easy win. Easy win. Easy win. I'm not so sure now. I damn sure wasn't sure with Tampa. Tampa gave us an L, and I'm looking at the Panthers. They put up 30 on Green Bay, so they're not going to come in here and just sleepwalk. They're going to play By a football way, game. Yeah, Bryce Young went for over 300 this there past week, and 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 they had that coaching change. They're looking for life in whatever way possible to try and let people know, hey, we're still here. And there's pride that comes along with that mm-hmm. with that play late in the year. So that look, <clears throat> nothing is guaranteed right now from this football team. Not a damn thing. There, there are no JV teams no. here in the NFL. Well, I, I'll give you an example, okay? And, and and look, you guys are welcome to join in six four one ten ten. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. We're going to be talking a bunch of Jaguar football. We definitely have to get into all the other, uh, you know, all the other news that's out there right now as far as the National Football League is concerned, but. You know, you're talking about teams this past week. The Buffalo Bills were something in the neighborhood of a 12 to 14 point favorite, somewhere around either a 12 point or two touchdown pick. They had to have the last 30 some seconds of a ball game to beat an LA Charger team that had already fired their coach and had guys pulled up from the practice squad. So mm-hmm. nothing is a guarantee. And by the way, that's the Bills team operating at a pretty high clip right now, and yeah. they barely got out of L.A. with a win. Well, you, you got to also remember this. The teams that are down right now, and maybe there may be some influx of uh, a coaching staff at the end of the season, these players and this coaching staff, they're auditioning. They're auditioning not only for the team that they're trying to stay with, but they're auditioning for other teams. So you got to have good tape. These teams these teams are only won two games, won three games, won four games, yeah. you know, making – Making vacations for Cabo right now. Yeah, they yeah. they they've still got to, they've still got to play ball because they, they still want to have a livelihood because they're being auditioned. You got to put in some good tape, whether it be with the team that that you you're on right now, mm-hmm. or if you get cut and you go into free agents or whatever, other teams are going to be looking at you. So I mean, to think that this Panther teams is only what what two games, yeah, uh, is going to come in here and just lay it down for the Jaguars? Absolutely not. These guys are playing for their livelihoods, whether it be with the Panthers or with somebody else's team. 
and with the Tennessee Titans, the, the season ender up there in Nashville, and they'd love to end this season a lot like what they experienced a year ago where they, they finished the season going down the drain. Mm-hmm. Six losses as they were flushed uh, by this team late last year to seal the AFC South. And this AFC South, three-way tie, at least right now record-wise, there are tiebreakers still intact. Uh, for the Jaguars over the Colts, but not necessarily over the Houston Texans. So we'll get into all that as we go along, uh, and we'll even give you a scenario how if one of those teams were to win out because they play each other at the end, Mm -hmm. they still could have a say in who wins this AFC South. So Golf Club of Southampton, they bring you today's show. Joe C., Leon Searcy, Maddie with the week off, Mia down at the Jaguars uh, locker room. So she'll be in in just a bit with plenty coming out of the Jaguars, including whether or not Trevor Lawrence is going to play on Sunday. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We are the dudes and he is the Leon. As we crank it out, XL primetime in the Frangie Show time slot. Got to make sure I enunciate all those words. I bring them together. Yeah, it's a late lunch for (laughs) us with Leon. Exactly. Uh, And so we're hanging out until 6 o'clock this afternoon. Frangie Show, the entire crew off this week. So they're enjoying a little time before the new year, 2024, coming flying at you. As 2023 flown by more than uh, other years in the past, we always say it, always feels that way. Uh, But this one clicked along pretty dang fast it sure did and here we are uh christmas is in the rearview mirror and now we're going to ring in the new year in just a few short days so you got the jaguars top of mind and jj let's just set up a twitter poll because bottom line is this team has lost four in a row and even though the panthers are coming in town leon we think this is this should be an easy win they're about a touchdown pick right now nothing is guaranteed, especially with the examples we just gave uh, from this past week. Well, I mean, you can't approach it like that going into practice. I mean, this week of pre- preparation, you've got to prepare like this team uh, is in the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to you got to prepare like this is a uh, – they're going to keep you out of the play. Listen, it's sudden death right now. It's sudden death. It's when to go home. And, and I, question, I question mark this team and whether, whether they want to be in the playoffs or not. I really do. Because of some of the stuff, some of the effort, some of the execution, some of the intensity that I've been seeing – on the field, the last couple of weeks, man, it's questionable. I don't know. I don't know if this team uh, has the. I'm gonna say it: the hard or the fortitude to want to win these next two games, and, especially and, against an inferior opponent. Yeah. This, these are the games you're supposed to win. You're supposed to beat this team. You, they've struggled all along. They've struggled offensively. They got a rookie quarterback who who had a good game last week. He threw for over 300 yards, but for the most part of the season, this offensive line is struggling running the ball, protecting him. And he hasn't been able to fully develop because of what's in front of him. So if you don't take advantage of that, or the fact that they got an offensive line that struggles in pass protection and run blocking, and you got a quarterback who's who's seeing ghosts mm-hmm. mass majority of the time because he's not getting the protection, if you don't if you don't go in this game, wow, that just... sounds a lot like another team. <laughs> exactly. If you don't <laughs> Those go in exact traits, <laughs> if you don't... sound like a team that I watched this Sunday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you don't go into this game and, and look to totally annihilate this team early and often, yeah, then then I, I, I listen. I then I just hear the U-Hauls. That yeah, sound well, that beep. Exactly, beep, and that is our Twitter beep. poll question yeah. of the day. Brought to you as always by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Simple. Do you think the Jags make the playoffs? Period. Yes or no? Yeah. Uh, yes is leading right now, but it's pretty close, 60 to 40. I wouldn't mind you putting a reply in there. You can go to at 1010XL on X. Yeah, somebody said, but 
Uh, yes, but they wouldn't be surprised if they choked the division but got a wild card spot. That's not yeah, happening. They're not going to get the wild. They're card. not going to get the wild card. They're not going to get the wild card because more than likely, I mean, first of all, they 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 head to head against Cleveland and in Cincinnati. Right. They they're bounced, and I'm not even sure Cincinnati's back in that 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 that, that atrocity against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They lost that game, so I'm not even sure they're in the playoff picture anymore. But they, they've got to win a division to get in, quite frankly. They've got to win a division. Yeah, I'm going to go through these scenarios because if you start thinking about it, and, and honestly, you've seen a lot of football teams that at the beginning of the year you thought you knew something about them and then everything just changed on a dime, Jacksonville being one of them, because there was a time when this team was on a five-game win streak. There was a time when this team had entered uh, December, uh, which is three losses, and now they have seven losses. So that's how quickly – it changes. And so, yeah, nothing is guaranteed. But throw a reply in there as far as what you think uh, on X at 1010XL uh, as far as will they or won't they, and then what do you think is going to – what what is it going to come down to? Now, the Bengals other are news, out right now, by the way. They're yeah. out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought. As well, of today. Yes. As of today, yeah. Yeah, and so anything can happen. Look at what Cleveland has done with 38-year-old Joe Flacco going on the road. That was a, a hurt Houston team. They didn't have their starter either, mm-hmm. but they still were able to take care of business. After he threw two first-half picks, they were able to come back and win that game. And then you go down the line and take a look at the number of other ones that are still alive. The Indianapolis Colts, believe it or not, uh, they won five of six before they lost this past week to Atlanta, still very much in this, in this playoff picture. So a lot of this could happen. We'll go through the scenarios of how it all could shake out. But the big news of the day, Russell Wilson being sat down by Sean Payton and the Denver Broncos. And this is an expensive one. I remember when this all went down, we all talked about it. I promptly named him Rust Wilson instead of Russell Wilson because he just plain had gotten old and shown some rust and and did not want to – well, he wasn't doing the same stuff he did in a Seattle Seahawks uniform. That guy was dynamic. He could improvise, could drive the football down the field, could take off and run when he needed to. Anyway, he was setting all sorts of records – in his first seven years. Well, anyway, he gets a bag, Leon, and it ain't just a little one. That was a quarter of a billion-dollar bag. And so here he is in his second year. It's Sean Payton's first year as the Broncos head coach, and he says, man, we need to cut the cord. This guy's going to be expensive to let go, but it 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 appears he's ready to move on past Yeah, well, it's Sean, Payton, it's Sean Payton basically saying he's seen enough. He's, yeah. he's had enough of Russell Wilson. I mean, because uh, he, when he came, when they hired him, that Russell was already there. Right. There was always issues with Russell in the locker room and with coordinators here and with his own office and ostracizing himself for the team and everything. And Sean Payton had to come and clean all that up and stuff. But when I went, went back and I looked at his stats, I mean, Russell Wilson, he's got 3,000 yards. He's got 26 touchdowns, eight picks. You say to yourself, well, I mean, what, why? I mean, what, what would be the reason why you wouldn't want to play him the last couple of games? Now, you're out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're totally eliminated from the playoffs. Right now, I guess you're just letting the dust settle and say, hey, listen, we're going to move on for this guy. Last thing we need is for him to get hurt, all right? So then we can utilize maybe. But who's going to take that contract? But what if he played really good and then you could, uh, I see, guess, but he trade him? Yeah. He yes. Hasn't. No, he hasn't. But he's done. at the lowest that he's ever going to be trade value-wise now. Right. So yeah. you're not going to make the playoffs. You're really you're not looking at the backup for like oh is this our future no, you don't really no. care about mm-hmm. that so what is the do you they this just beef. hate each other exactly yeah they have to this exactly. is a, this is something internal that has nothing to do with football yeah it has this to is be a something beef. yeah it has to be a beef meeting room beef or something like that now, meeting remember beef. when we went back some people really uh, they went in on Russell Wilson 
about a month into last year when they played as poorly as they did. And people start talking about how you know how much of a diva he was. Remember, he had in his contract all quarterbacks are diva. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, remember in his contract, yeah. he had an office. Remember yeah, that? I remember it that. It was in his contract. I would like not just my locker room. If anyone wants to see me, I'm the quarterback of the Denver Broncos now. You will see me in my office. Didn't he have his own masseuse and all other kind of stuff yeah. that was in his office? Some yeah. some, some crazy stuff. Yeah. On, on loan from Deshaun yeah. Watson. But Listen, yes, Matt yes. Hayes asked for some of the same stuff when he yeah. got hired here. That, that's true. All divas are like that. Exactly. All I wanted was a cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> and so Sean Payton is like, I got to take control. And you know mm-hmm. who, he is, who he is. He's a little maniacal, a little crazy, certainly an innovative offensive guy. They got it going defensively with what Vance Joseph is doing there. And I just basically, this became a beef, a whizzing match. And he said, I got to sit this cat down and we got to move on. But, Joe, you know what? It, I, I, I look at them right now. They waited too long. They won too many games. Perhaps. If you yeah. look at it, who, who you're, they're trying to get, if they want to move on for us, whatever they decide to do, cut bait, whatever. So that means that you're going to either go and find somebody in free agency or you're going to start over fresh and new with a new right. quarterback in the first round. Well, because you won so many games, I mean, the, 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 the tier quarterbacks that you're trying to get going to be gone. What did they win? How many games did they won, J.J.? Five, six games? Six games? They went on a five-game win streak. They went on a five-game win streak. lost so a couple They lost a couple. So they what? Yeah, they're seven and eight, actually. They're seven and eight. Broncos, seven and eight. Yeah. Seven and eight, you're in the middle of the pack. All the, 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 the Caleb Williams, the Drake Mays, the Jalen Daniels of the world, mm-hmm. they're gone. Yeah. They're absolutely gone. You're not going to get those guys at, what, 15 or 16 in the draft? That's you wouldn't think so. Uh-uh. Uh, and, I mean, you may be looking at maybe a J.J. McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you may fall. A Bo Nix. Somebody, maybe. But maybe. You know, depends on what they do with the combine right now. But the, the elite of the elite, the, the teams that are jockeying for that they want to get, you're not going to get them at 15 or 16 in the draft. Yeah, and, and, but a costly move. And, and it had nothing to do with Sean Payton because he wasn't there. But here they are trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. Uh, and by, by the way, this discussion's going to come up with Trevor when it comes time to make a decision on when you give him his big contract because you start looking around, Justin Herbert got paid, Joe Burrow got paid, Tua, you know, the the the, the price of all these guys well, is skyrocketing yeah, right but, now. Yeah, 18, 19, I'm not talking about the year. Mm-hmm. 18, <laughs> 18 touchdowns and 19 turnovers, bro. I, I, I don't know. And Are you willing to give up 250, 300 for that? I, I, believe me, that is a fair no question right way. now. No a way. fair question. Because elite, Trevor leads the league mm-hmm. in most turnovers since 2021 when he came into the league. And he had 17 that year. And you just repeat the number you just had. Mm-hmm. 18, 19. Yeah. And so that's touches and picks or uh, uh, turnovers. Mm-hmm. And so it it has become – a bigger story than maybe either some or all of Duvall wants to admit. He's not playing as well as he should be playing. And he is hurt, but he's also out there. And I'm not asking for him to shut it down or anything like that because I I appreciate the toughness, but the play has got to be better. And and you you need to bring others up by your good play. Well, well, there's a difference between playing and playing well. Yeah. Yeah, he's playing mm-hmm. the game of football, but he's not playing it well. That's that's the only discrepancy between you let listen, I appreciate his toughness. I appreciate the fact that he's had all kind of issues that from his knee to his ankle, now his shoulder and the concussion. And you know, usually when you see your quarterback go out there, they're not a hundred percent, usually that that motivates the team, that inspires the team. Hey, listen, we're gonna help our guy, whatever. But on the contrary, they've done the absolutely opposite. Yeah, they have. The off- you know, you, if, if listen, I, if I, if Big Bo could probably even attest to this. If, if we knew that 
if we knew that Lefty wasn't back and playing with us, mm-hmm. and we knew he had some kind of ailment or whatever right there, listen, the first thing we're doing is the offensive line. Say, hey, Blur, he's not getting touched. Yeah, he's not about getting Burnell. touched. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's not getting touched. I mean, th- those th- those kind of sentiments have got to be reverberated in the in the meeting room. Mm-hmm. You got to say, hey, listen, bro. He's out here. He's toughening it up, man. We need to elevate our game, our job. We need to run the ball. We need to protect, all that kind of stuff. You can't tell me that this offensive line, knowing that Trevor's got concussions, saying to themselves that we're going to protect him because they did the absolute opposite. And, and, and you know I respect what, what you and Big Bo did uh, for countless years. But this line right now is, I believe, the core of the of the entire team's woe. They're the reason for the season. Because – if they don't get their job done, and I always say this as far as you just think about it, if the offensive line can't block, little time for Trevor to throw. He becomes more inaccurate. He becomes harassed. He gets knocked to the ground. Running game is not there. Punter comes out. Ball goes the other way. Defense is on the field too long. Just take a look at how long Tampa had the football mm-hmm. in the first half of this football game. Everything goes south if, you're, if, you're, if your front line can't protect. And, and by the way, this – they didn't get in the end zone in the first uh, four quarters of, of first-half football these last couple of games. They didn't get in the end zone. Mm-hmm. They didn't get in the end zone until three and a half minutes, maybe even less than that, to go, no, yeah, it was almost the fourth quarter this past week. And so that offensive line is the number one problem. Right yeah, now. absolutely, especially interiorly. Interiorly right now, Sheriff is playing below average. Fortner gets overwhelmed. And, and then, you know, uh, was it Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Is there a Cleveland? I mean, he's he's a guy. I mean, there's nothing real. I mean, I'm not going to say there's nothing special about him, but he's not a terror on the front line. Right. I think he actually, in the Cleveland game, I think he had a better game at tackle than he did at guard. <laughs> but that interior, that offensive line, if you watch that Tampa Bay game, mm-hmm. you know, all the concerns about the outside or whatever, but interiorly with those guys that were, they, they, were, getting, they were pushing the pocket. Yeah. A lot of times in that game, they, and this here's the thing, when you know that interiorly they get overwhelmed, if you watch that Tampa Bay game, most of the blitzes came inside. Most oh. of the Tampa Bay blitzes came inside because they knew interiorly we couldn't hold up. Yeah, and, and then I'm, when you got you got guys sitting in Trevor's lap, oh. that's what makes them uncomfortable. And, and by the way, I think he almost hits the switch a little too fast. Yes. Uh, and, and then the, and obviously he's, he goes down or he makes a bad He's gunshot, bro. Yeah, right now he is. It <laughs> seems like he is a little bit. And I would love to see him take off and run a little bit more. He finally did that in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter when it was obviously way too late. And then he scrambles on a fourth and one. Why? Because his team can't get fourth and one and move the chains. And so that is also a ridiculous problem to have, uh, that they can't knock anybody off the line of scrimmage. And then the other one, I found another rookie that, again, steps on a football field and, and, and dominates. His name is Yaya. And they were saying Yaya down there in Tampa Town because Diaby mm. was all over uh, Duval Sunday. And he was just another guy. Hundred. What, what did I – what was he, 185th pick overall, something in that neighborhood. Um, uh, no, no, I take that back. I'm, I'm mixing him up with, with one of the other rookies that I've been having my eye on. Uh, he was in the third round, but still, mm-hmm. right around the time Jacksonville was taking Tank Bigsby, mm-hmm. Yaya Diaby was being selected out of Louisville by Tampa. A defense end. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I yeah. saw him in that game. Oh, yeah, Later you times. did. Yeah, that was zero. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And he was giving uh, Trevor zero chance hey, to complete yeah. a pass. Okay. Uh, that's how that went down. All right, Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. It's XL Primetime in the Frangie Show time slot. An uh, XL Primetime takeover. I'm just going to give up she, on that one. She sells, she sells by the seashore. <laughs> I'm just going to give up on that one. Uh, you can see us on 
uh, YouTube, all you got to do is go to YouTube and search 1010XL. And if you're thinking about what frustrates you the most and, and whether or not they do have a chance to win the AFC South, you can throw a comment there. It's real easy. This is the Yahoo pop-off chat line. Yahoo! So do it there or hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010, a golf club of Southampton, Wednesday. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Hanging out on a Wednesday afternoon, Golf Club of Southampton bringing you XL Primetime in the drive time slot today. We say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. 287 play. Don't forget music under the stars. That's a great way to ring in the new year. It's every Friday with the new menu and they have local artists they feature out on the patio. So it's a great way to stay at the golf course, even when you're not on the golf course. You can call 287-PLAY, get on the tee sheet, and certainly enjoy a great round, and then hang out afterwards for a cold one. You know I like hanging for a cold one. Mm-hmm. You know that. Yes. You, I, I think you know <clears throat> that I know that you know. Yeah, absolutely. I know. <laughs> All right, so we, we've we been talking about the NFL, your Jags. Uh, Mia is in the locker room. She'll have some thoughts and sound from the locker room coming our way in just a little bit, Trevor Lawrence being the biggest storyline. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Uh, so we'll get into all of that. There's been reporting from all the major NFL talking heads, the Schefters, the rap, uh, rap reports of the world. And the idea, at least from Trevor, was that he's feeling a little bit better. And so we'll see day to day how he does. But you know what we haven't done? And mm-hmm. it is coming fast. And my gosh, I know there are college football fans out there saying, are we going to talk about the college football playoff or what? Mm-hmm. Because what happens is we go from that championship Saturday and then this big gap in time before they go out there, they give them 30 days to prepare. Nick Saban mandated that way back in the day. 30 days to prepare, and we haven't talked about the college football playoff. And we had, like, signing day. Yes. Smack yes. dab right in the middle yeah. of it. Like that, I was looking for sound from the coaches today with their right. press conference. It hasn't happened yet this week, but – uh, all their sound is from like, hey, remember last week? All that, all oh yeah, they had National Signing Day smack yeah. dab in the middle of all this. Like someone has to take control of the college football schedule, it's man. Unreal. It must be changed. Yeah, I, I, I know that I have to acknowledge National Signing Day is in December now. It's not early. It is Signing Day, mm-hmm. and then also the fact that it, it just it kind of rapes us of all of our joy as far as the season is concerned. Because now everyone's looking to the recruiting world mm. what next season is going to be all about. I don't like it at all. Well, I loved National yeah. Signing Day this year particularly. Well, of course you did. Yeah, 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 that's right, baby. Number three, baby, in the country. Ruiz raked. Yeah, that's right. right. We loved it. We and loved made it. sure that the, uh, the, the future Canes raked as well. But if you don't mind, J.J., Modelo, the official college football playoff cerveza, the official beer of the college football playoff, let's have that little Modelo music float underneath us as we talk a little bit about the college football playoff. All right, now I'm just going to lead this off, Leon, Mm -hmm. with Michigan is the favorite against Alabama. That alone should surprise a few people. Now, Alabama is a one-loss team, but they're also the SEC champion against an undefeated Jim Harbaugh Michigan Wolverine team that is dying to prove that they can get to the college football championship game. Yeah, because, listen, the last couple of times they were there, I mean, they were – Unimpressive. I mean, they lost to TCU and they lost to Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the TCU game was a shootout. So, granted, TCU just had more firepower in it. But that game against Georgia, I don't think they ever, there was a point in that time in that game where 
Georgia didn't have control of the game. But I think Mich- – I, listen, at the beginning of the season, I picked Georgia – I mean, I picked Michigan to win it all. Mm-hmm. I picked Michigan to win it all. I did. I said I thought they were going to win it all. I think they, their ability to run the ball, control the clock, and they got a dynamic quarterback there in J.J. McCarthy. And sometimes he's asked to do things, sometimes he isn't because that offensive line is physical and they get after and they run the ball well. They play good on defense, whatever. I, I think I think a lot of people – I think a lot of people may be a little SEC – Homers in the sense that the fact that Alabama has been there and done Around it before. Here, yeah, you oh, yeah, a little bit, you know, that little sudden sudden hospitality, and they yeah. figure that. But I, I think it's going to be a grudge match. I think that I think Michigan is going to show up. I don't think they're intimidated by them. that. I say that, but then when then Michigan found out that Alabama, they be playing Alabama. <laughs> I saw I saw the I saw the players, and they were like. Oh, the heads oh, drop. Yeah, yeah, the heads drop. Come on, they, oh, yeah. oh, we won the Florida State. And, and look, they have what it takes. Okay, mm-hmm. they do have a good quarterback that can move and make plays with his feet. I think JJ McCarthy's going to get challenged throwing the football. I honestly do. Uh, and, and when I was looking at the SEC championship game, I leaned Alabama and happily took the points because mm-hmm. I felt like Carson Beck had not seen a lot of pressure. And even though he is a gifted, very good quarterback. Pressure does change things, and he was pressed a bit, and I and, and that was just a three point loss for Georgia. Yeah. It's not like they they did a whole hell of a lot wrong in that game. Joseph, let me ask you this question: Is there any doubt in your mind that if you give Nick Saban thirty days to prepare for you, that he's not going to have absolute everything that you can imagine? Everything. everything. Yeah. That's that's that that that's where. I say Michigan, but that's what scares me about Alabama. That Nick is is so efficient on getting the best out of his players and deciphering what you do badly and exposing it. And he's got front and back end play that's really starting to peak at the right mm-hmm. time. Guys that can pick off the football, guys obviously that can rush the passer. Dallas Turner, he'll get a penalty flag, uh, but he's going to put a knot on you if he can. And, and so I do feel like that pressure that Alabama showed against Georgia is going to be the same thing that they're going to be able to uh, put to the test against Michigan and J.J. McCarthy. Now, Blake Corm. Hell of a running back. Mm-hmm. I get it all. Look, they're a well-coached team. They're certainly deep as far as skill, talent goes. Lines of scrimmage, very, very good. They lost one of their big linemen uh, in the Ohio State game, which was costly for them. But all I'm looking at, I, and I, I'm kind of like salivating over the idea that Saban is a dog. He is an underdog in this game just like he was in the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to lean in that direction. Rat poison. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly, because he will he will do whatever he can to motivate well, his guys to say, hey, they don't think we can win this game. Yeah, yeah, and, and, but you you, you got to also – I was watching Michigan all year long, and when Harbaugh was suspended, I said, you, you have no idea what's aspiring those kids in those team meeting rooms when their coach was, was suspended. And, I, and I'm just saying, they, there's some carryover to that, too, because – this whole notion that it's Michigan against against everybody, yeah. I, I don't know that. I, I've been in the, I've been in those locker rooms. I've been inspired. I know what it. I know that that mindset going into where you you got a game where you might be favored, but don't nobody believe you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. That, that's what Michigan is. What's happening? Michigan is favored, but don't nobody really believe they're gonna win. So let me ask you this, because like you said, you've been in these big ball games. You've mm-hmm. won national championships. Are you saying that? Like Michigan feels like they got to prove to the world yes. that they can. In other words, they're they're trying to beat more than one team. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're trying to beat not only Alabama, but they're trying to beat the teams the of the Michigan and, past. And, well, yeah. it like might be it might be the go, yeah teams. the ghost of Michigan past. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. the last two times they played in the, these playoffs, man, they I wouldn't say they were unimpressive, 
but uh, I would. Okay, the yeah. Georgia game, it was very underpriced. Well, but I mean, the they lost to TCU in a close game, mm-hmm. but then you saw TCU get, get destroyed. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, you're absolutely right. TCU got smoked. Mm-hmm. 65 hung on them mm-hmm. the next game. And so, yeah, it was toe-to-toe with TCU the whole time. Fun ball game. One of my favorite games. It was. What were the total? Uh, 80-some points. It was just – it was a, it was a fun, to, fun game to watch. Mm-hmm. But then you come out of that and, and – <clears throat> I went on the Georgia side of that one, but I was so tempted to take TCU because of how they played Michigan. And then obviously we all know what happened. It was the most lopsided margin in college championship history. 96 points, by the way. 96 wow. another 51 one. 51 yeah. to 45. Yeah, they yeah. stacked them. They stacked them. And so I, I, I guess I can't wait. And this is the classic SEC versus Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm most interested in. Can Jim Harbaugh with speed – athleticism, all the playmakers that you need, go toe-to-toe with now uh, an emerging Alabama team, a team that can that believes in themselves, can run the football. Milrow is the double threat, run the ball, and then fourth and Milrow, he still can make the throw. One and a half points right now, and you're yeah. still you're still going to go? Now, I'm still going to ride with Michigan because, you know, I, I picked them at the beginning of the season to win it all, so I'm going to. I, I'm, I think they're favorite, but do I, I'm not sure. I believe they're going to win. Okay, okay. All but right, I'm going to ride with them, though. Yeah, you guys hit the text line, 641-1010. What side are you on on that one? It's real easy to go Alabama if you're, if you're an SEC college football fan, but who do you think wins this football game? Oh, let us know. Now, we'll get into the other one coming up in just a bit, Washington and Texas, and then we'll get back into your Jacksonville Jaguars with the latest from the locker room as Mia will make her way back from there coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. It's XL Primetime. Uh, Joe C., Leon Searcy, J.J. Selva, with La Selva with uh, Matt Hayes on vacation this week. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. Four o'clock hours here, XL Prime Time in the drive time. Instead of our normal noon slot, doesn't mean we don't miss you Duval Nooners. Uh, we're just calling you Duval Afternooners. Now, as we are into the four o'clock hour, Joe C., Big Surge, JJ, and we welcome Mia from the locker room. Uh, she is back, and obviously the biggest question was Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. Is he going to play? Is he going to play? Is he going to play? But there was plenty of other stuff coming out of there. Absolutely. Um, as far as the Trevor question goes, I think him being the quarterback that spoke during what had been deemed in the schedule as Jaguars quarterback availability. And yeah, the fact that's that all it, it said. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that's all it said on Sunday yeah. night and, or Monday morning, I should say, or whatever day they sent out the schedule. And the mm-hmm. fact that it was indeed Trevor Lawrence that met with reporters today, I think is pretty telling. Um, he did not, from what we could see during the open p- part of practice, he did not practice. Um, if anything, he, he looked like Coach Trevor. Uh, he had the headset and the clipboard, mm-hmm. and obviously he said to us too when he met with us this afternoon, whether he's playing or not, he's going to do whatever he can to help the team. But obviously the hope is that he will be able to play, but he is still pretty sore in that shoulder. When you hear uh, anything from him, I, I, I agree. That means he's he's planning on playing. Yes, that's that was the vibe that we all got. That he's mm. he's planning on playing. Um, for me, Leon, it, it's it's such a double edged sword because it's like, does he give you the best chance to win? Yes, but also at this point in time, I mean, he admitted it. You know, like it's just what every week it's something else. We did the math in the media room. He has gotten injured in three of the last four games. That has to add up at some point. Even for someone who, as he noted, he's blessed with good genes that yeah. he can bounce back and he's still young. But, like, there, there comes a point in time where it's like, you know what, is this really 
the most productive well, thing. Well, it, it comes to a point in time where the, you, you figure out, what, does he hinder us or help us? Mm -hmm. All right? And, 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 and as an organization, you've got to make that assessment. Uh, does he give us the best opportunity to win a game? Absolutely. Why you have C.J. Beathard if you don't play him? I mean, I, I, if, if Trevor over the last couple of weeks has, has played hurt, has, and, you know, it, and it's, we can see that he's playing hurt, then sit him. I mean, this this sit this sit him. We should have saw him a couple of weeks ago, to my assessment. We should have played CJ Bet. Why is he the second string quarterback if you're not going to play him? Right. I, if if Trevor is putting the team and himself at risk, and he's not at a hundred. Listen, there's a difference between playing, and I say it again, and playing well. Yes, he's exactly. not playing well. So let me add to it that other part. Yeah. Okay. He's injured in all these areas: yeah. head, ankle, knee, uh, shoulder. But also his performance has yes, been injured. He's absolutely. not playing well. He's not playing well. He's not taking care of the football. He's fumbling. He's throwing interceptions. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Then there's breakdowns and protections where he's having to scramble and he's leaping for first downs and getting tearing the shoulder out, out of the socket. That's the kind of stuff that we don't need. I mean, listen, moving forward, if, if Trevor's if, – if, why do you have C.J. Beathard if you don't play him? Yeah. I mean, why is he on By the, the way, team if you, if you can't – put him in a position where he can succeed and this team rally around him and win. Yeah, no, yeah, no quarterback led uh, a Jaguar offense on a scoring drive until about 18 minutes to go, 17 minutes to go in the football game, and Beathard had one scoring drive after, what, however many penalties, and then uh, T-Law had it. And this team has gone four first-half quarters without scoring. So mm -hmm. there, there's problems everywhere. Leon, we were having this discussion yesterday with regards to Ezra Cleveland, Walker Little, who once again, you know, being in the locker room today, they're both in there. Mm -hmm. Both were on the field practicing from what I could see during the available, available portion of practice. Mm -hmm. But we were having this discussion yesterday, I wish you had been here, about playing hurt versus playing injured. Because, mm -hmm. like you said, it, it, and Joe kept quoting mm -hmm. you and saying, if you are healthy, in your opinion, if you are healthy enough to play, mm -hmm. and the doctors and the trainers have said you're healthy enough to play, you need to be 100%. Is there also, though, part of this where if you're Trevor, if you're Walker Little, and you're looking around, and you're Christian Kirk's on IR, Cam was on IR, and you say, well, the team needs me, even if I'm only at 90 or 80%. Is that part of it, too, where you have to say, you know what, I just need to go out there because 80% of me is better than none? Well, I mean, listen, at this point in the season, everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. There's a clear distinction between, you know, being injured and being hurt, all right? I mean, we used to tease guys that were uh, hurt, and, you know, when we felt like they were uh, prolonging it to a certain point, we would bring a milk. Mm -hmm. like you're milking it, all right? Because there's a, there's a certain time where we, we feel that you should be – playing the game and if you extend that time then we we you know we chastise you. But you at this point in the season right now in December, it's what about how bad do you want it? How how, how bad do you want to make the playoffs? And if 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 you are in, and if you're playing, do you give this team this team the best opportunity to win football games? Yeah. Because all you all all you all you got is two weeks. All right. Either two weeks you're either gonna be in the dance or you're gonna be at home on your sofa watching it. And you have to make the decision on where you want to be right now. Mm -hmm. Do you want to be in the dance, or do you want to be home watching the right. dance? And, and you could have that run in the postseason when you're healthy, yeah. and, and obviously the storyline would still be great. Uh, take Geno Smith with a hurt groin, sits out of an important ball game. Drew Locke, surprise of all surprises, leads mm -hmm. them on uh, thrilling drives late, and they win that football game up in Seattle when they really, really needed it. And then they follow that. Geno gets back. 
under center, and they end up beating the Tennessee Titans these last couple of weeks. So they needed that type of guy, as you're talking about, C.J. Spe- Beathard. Why are we paying him uh, if he can't step in? And Beathard, while maybe a little pedestrian, he ain't the worst. And you can put him out there and you use all your other weapons. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he's on the team if you're not going to use him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't essentially you don't want to have to use him. Mm-hmm. Sure. You want your quarterback to be able to go to the duration of the season without having to use him. But if you're in a predicament right now where your quarterback is not effective, he's, he's clearly uh, – these injuries and this concussion is clearly affecting his play, mm-hmm. then you've got – as an organization, you got to do what's best for not only the team but, but Trevor. Yeah, exactly. And you need to sit him. If you got to sit him – if you got a sim, you got a sim. And you didn't, then the rest of the team is just going to have to rally around Bethlehem and find a way to beat a Panthers team that, quite frankly, is not that very good. Yeah. What else, uh, injury wise? Injury wise, um, Zay, being Zay one was of the most out. Important. On, Zay was yeah. out on the field at least during the stretching portion of the available practice. Right. Um, so he was he was out there. He had a jersey on. Mm-hmm. He came into the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll be curious to see what his designation is. Trevor kept alluding to the quote-unquote big pieces that we are getting back this week, the most obvious of which, of course, is Cam Robinson. The 21-day window opened this morning. He was on the practice field. We did get a chance to speak with him, so that interview will be posted to our 1010XL YouTube channel uh, once we hit our next break. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, obviously – that's a factor along the offensive front in terms of depth. What about Anton Harrison? Is he? Is Anton's he good? good. So, good? Okay. yep. So Doug said yesterday, um, everything came back clear. It was just a back injury. Mm-hmm. Um, the expectation is that he will be able to play this upcoming Sunday, which is obviously critical. And I said that yesterday on the program. For mm-hmm. me, that was the biggest question mark because he has, as a 21 year old rookie, arguably been your most consistent lineman this year. Yes. Which is crazy which, to think which about. is terrifying to be quite honest yeah with you. it's terrifying it's terrifying that your your rookie first round pick is your most consistent and effective uh, offensive lineman on the team but then also take a look and again I, I I have been in and out of both of these camps it's not like I was yelling from the rooftop keep cam I was not that guy I was always a defender of cam Robinson mm-hmm. saying he's good enough to be a very solid left tackle but finances being what they were we all could see he was kind of going to be the odd man out next year but it is funny that we're now looking forward to cam coming back as opposed to dispatching him and take a look at their record with cam versus him not on the field that that's real Mm -hmm. Uh, i will say this and again the interview will be posted here momentarily i asked cam you know from your perspective on the sideline why do you think the run game hasn't been able to get going and Mm -hmm. he just kind of said we have to execute and be more consistent and that was it was a very quick answer yeah but so uh, you you you're looking at him translate we need to be more physical right Uh, it's an attitude it was was the quickest answer that he gave he was he was very generous with his time in the locker room just now and again that interview we can even listen to it later in the program um he was great he had so many great insightful answers but i just thought it was very telling that that was the the quickest response Mm -hmm. the shortest response i should say yeah well that's good to hear i mean uh, Cam brings a little attitude to the offense line that's been missing the last couple of weeks. And you toughness. Know, and toughness. You know, he gets after it pretty good. And um, sometimes, you listen, that could be contagious. That could, that could be you want, you want somebody on the offensive line that's a little mean, a little nasty, gets after it a little bit because when you see that in one guy, you kind of that kind of circumvents down the offensive line and everybody else gets a little bit, you know, you know, and he's considered vinegar in your, in your, in your, in your water. So whatever, I don't want to say piss and vinegar, but yeah, that's what it does. And like. here's another thing. Not only is that energy contagious among the offensive linemen, but one guy who I know Cam has a very good relationship with is Travis Etienne. Mm-hmm. And I would think that knowing the success they've had in the run game when Cam has played, 
I would think that those two guys in particular are kind of licking their chops right now. Like, okay, yeah, it, it, it's it's time. Well, as much as I love, I love the fact that Cam Robertson is back. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I am saying it. But but the, the interior, of the offensive line still has to get better. Mm-hmm. It's, it got to, they got to get more physical, especially up front. Because I mean, Travis Etienne, the, the stuff that we're trying to do in the middle, especially in that Tampa game, we're getting overwhelmed. I mean, Ezra, Cleveland, uh, Fortner, and, and and your boy Sheriff, they're, they're just getting overwhelmed by big body size defensive players. So listen to this, and this comes from one of uh, you know the regular guys on the beat, uh, Daniel Griffiths from Jaguar Report, and he threw it out there, and I'm sure others may have thrown it out there as well, but Travis Etienne, before versus after the bye, okay? Before versus after the bye. So weeks one through eight, he had roughly 19 carries per game, 72 yards per game, 3.8 yards per carry. He had eight touchdowns and 106 total yards per game. Mm-hmm. Those were all pretty solid. After the bye, weeks 9 through 16, 12 carries a game. Uh, let's see here, 3.2 yards per carry, two touchdowns, and 61 total yards per game. What changed? Mm-hmm. Line and his health. I, I, I'll, well, those are the two main things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and maybe game plan too. Right, oh, yeah. because I'm, I just remember when we were sitting here at the bye and we were handing out first half awards. Oh yeah, he was pretty much the consensus MVP for this offense, mm-hmm. if not the whole team. He was, and I understand. Yes, he suffers the rib injury against the Texans, but it, it wasn't like he was completely ineffective. And oh, by the way, like Dearness Johnson didn't look that bad either. When they said, you know what, we do need to kind of spell him a little bit. Let's incorporate somebody else, a little mm-hmm. change of pace. There were a couple games where he was averaging five yards a pop, but they only gave him the ball two to four times. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it's just mind-boggling. And I understand part of it is situational. You get behind, you feel like you have to throw the ball. Understandable. But as we saw, again, you know, I understand it was during a win streak, but you go back to the Bills or the Falcons game, it's a one-score game, and you're just still running the ball. Running the ball. And even when against the Colts, that one brief moment in time in which the Jaguars trailed during that five-game win streak. There was like that month-and-a-half stretch where they only trailed twice because yeah. they were down 3 nothing by virtue of not getting the ball first. What did they do on that opening drive? I think it was like a 12-play opening drive, and they ran the ball, I think, five or six of those 12 plays. Around 50%. Right, yeah. and, that's, and that's where, uh, listen, it's not always going to be a five-yard pickup, but those one, two, three, like you have to keep at so it. So you can bust that's a how, run. And that's mm-hmm. how you lather up the offensive line. This time of the year, yeah, you got to run the ball. You you got this is this is the time, uh, games are won and lost right here in the December on the January by your effectiveness. But you can't be not you cannot be one dimensional. Yeah. You cannot. A lot of these teams that you're going to be playing, if you make the playoffs, are going to be run team play action. Mm-hmm. You, that's that's what they're going to be. And if you if you can't match them toe to toe, because it's, when you get into the playoffs, it's all about taking away possessions away from the other team. Exactly. And that you do that by running the ball, converting on third downs, moving the chains, scoring in the red zones. Touchdowns, not field goals. And this team this team is not doing that. And what's amazing is the amount of time that they didn't play with the lead, like we're talking about, mm-hmm. versus how little they've had the lead or how little they've scored in the last four games. You go back and think about it. You go from the Texans game, which they took control and held off and staved off Houston and C.J. Stroud, and then the lack of ability to close people out or to score. Uh, and, and work with the lead. But not only that, turnovers. We, we, we're just terrible turning the ball. I mean, listen, this last game against Tampa, what, we have four turnovers against Tampa. Yeah. We had two fumbles and we had two interceptions. Yeah, exactly. You can't turn it. This month, this, you, you, you've you got your, your level of intensity and execution cannot be the same 
in week 16, like in week two and week 16. JJ, there has to be some differentiation. Do you have those numbers of point differential that we were throwing out earlier in the pre-show? Because yeah. it's, it's, it's nuts. Uh, and we'll get to them coming up here in just a second because it – it's something else. Yeah, the Jags over this yeah. season are are minus twelve. Yeah, I believe you said minus twelve. Um, mm-hmm. but then like the rest of the, the AFC Buffalo Bills contenders, like plus. yeah, even though they've only won like what one more game than the Jags, they're the Bills are plus one hundred and twenty seven. Okay, plus one twenty seven. Jaguars minus twelve. Minus 12. That that honestly, that just tells you everything right now that you need to know in the big ball games. They haven't been able to score, and in December, they have not been able to score enough. Uh, to win these ball games, that's for sure. All right, we need to get back into the college football playoff. Like Mia said, we'll be pulling stuff out of the locker room, putting it on all of our social channels, and we'll make sure you get to hear from Cam coming up on the Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. So first and foremost, a PSA. I am here. I did not get abducted. I was just at the Jaguars <clears throat> locker room for the first hour. I give that disclaimer, not because any of you were concerned, but because my grandfather texted me and was like, I turned on at five Where yesterday you? and you weren't there. And I turned it on at three today and you weren't there. Are you okay? I, I'm a-okay. We had Denny Thompson during the five o'clock hour yesterday. Three o'clock hour, Jaguars locker room. Those interviews are coming to YouTube right now. Um, but I also say all that to say, boys, I-, I sat down at our lovely 1010XL headquarters studio desk, and I looked up, and I saw the Military Bowl currently being oh, yeah. played between Virginia Tech and Tulane in Annapolis, Maryland, in what looks like sleet, snow. It looks like it definitely the, is, uh... the seats had some snow in them at one point, or at least that looked like. The same stadium. It definitely looks like there's a little white on the field covering yeah. that turf just a little bit. Which I'm glad because we didn't have many white Christmases around no. America. No. That's true. But thankfully, point. we got a military bowl, a snow game. That's all we can ask for. I don't want to see Miami versus Rutgers in conditions oh, like that. Buckle yeah. up, buddy boy, because. Uh, yeah, you do. No, having, I don't. Actually, I don't want to see us lose to Rutgers. Yeah, not they're not losing to the Rutgers, bro. I think we might. Hey, so you know what the line is, Leon? It's like a yeah, Is it it's a point? like a pick them or their Welcome favorite or whatever. Welcome to the Pinstripe Bowl, boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, having so, covered one of those puppies in my day, well, it's, it's still got to be what, a cool. It's a like, oh, it's well, a, let me, yeah. Let me ask you this cool. question, yeah. man. What what yeah. is the bad boys' motives? They <laughs> used to sponsor the bad Gasparilla Bowl. It's mowers. a Florida company. That's Is the it? irony. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, bad not boy many mowers. people in the Bronx are busting out a bad boy mower. When I, I, covered, covered, I got an acre to cut. When I covered <laughs> the Pinstripe Bowl in 2018 or 2017, I guess it was. It was the new era. Pinstripe Bowl, which like mm-hmm. made sense because New Era is the is the Yankee sponsor. Mm-hmm. So yep. like, oh, like that kind of the made, lids. They're the, selling lids. Yeah, the the bad boys mowers. Okay, there? so I have a forecast for New York City, New Here we York, go. Mm-hmm. Thursday afternoon. While we were well, we will be on the air. Right. Mm-hmm. So for the listeners, if you don't hear Leon talking a lot on Thursday afternoon, you know why. <laughs> uh, he's zoned out. Um, Fifty two. Cloudy, no rain, though. Way better than the year that I covered it. It was 18 degrees. It was a 4.30 p.m. kickoff, and the field was literally ice. Like, I've never walked on a field and felt like it was ice. Well, J.J., here's the reason why I think uh, Miami's going to play well. Listen, they could have folded their tents against Boston College. True. And they played well up Mm -hmm. north against Boston College. It was cold. Little wind, little I'm just chill worried in about the, the third-string quarterback having to play. Well, you know, after not playing in a year and a half, like 
every one of these bowl games, I well, feel like, it has some weird thing like that. Well, he needs to get a game in because next year he's not going to be in around. He's not going to be uh, around next year. Are you, are you pretty much – in the camp that Cam Ward is Cam coming. Cam Ward is coming, baby. He's coming. I don't know, bro. Hey, listen. Calvin I feel Harris, like if, if he would if he was hey, coming, he would have made that decision I, I've been, a long I've been, time ago. I've been I've been I've been under the you know following Rick Ross on the uh, Twitter <laughs> and um I'm, Rick we, Ross we, says rest, it's done. Rest assured it's done. Okay. Right, if, sure. Rick good. says it's good, yeah. then yeah, we're yeah, good. Right. I've been praying hard. Uh, so one game where we will know who the quarterback is going to be is uh the college football playoff. We do know in those two semifinals, Josie, do we yeah. not, who the quarterbacks will be? Yeah, we do. And, and look, I, we, we broke down Alabama-Michigan, and we need to break down Washington and Texas. Uh, so let's do it right now. Fire up some more Modella music. Uh, the official mm. beer of the college football playoff as we get ready for the unbelievable college football playoff semifinals. I think they're going to be really good. We're talking about a four-point line right now between Washington and Texas. And as we said earlier, one-and-a-half to two-point line between Alabama and Michigan. Michigan's the favorite. Texas is the favorite. So you take a look at this game. Leon, just jump in on a couple of things. You have what I would call quarterback royalty playing in Michael Penix and Quinn Ewers. You you might have even a better quarterback matchup between these two versus J.J. McCarthy and Jalen Milrow. I only say that because Penix is seasoned. Mm-hmm. Ewers is now two years a starter. So the combined total of these two guys might add up to a better quarterback. Tandem. Well, I'm mean, gonna listen. It's safe to say that Texas is back. The reason why I'm inspired You're by gonna Te- say it. Yeah. Texas is back. Ooh. And the reason why I'm gonna say that because I looked at Sarkeesian. I looked at his, he started five and seven. Mm-hmm. He went seven and five. And now he's in the national championship. What does that sound familiar? I want to like, correct JJ? the way you say his name, but I love I love how terribly you did, I say, did it. Is it well, give it it's, to me then. It's Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian. But you can do whatever you want. I, what did I say? Sarkeesian? And yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know what you said, but it, it was amazing. It could be the it, oh, And I know. couldn't even listen to the stat you just said. So okay. say it again. Yeah. Okay, so so I, I, if you look at his career, I'm gonna say it again. I'm just gonna call him Sark. How about that? Yeah, Sark. 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 All right, he's. Five and seven, seven and five, national champion. Oh, oh my God! What, what does that, that sound like, JJ? Like a guy named Mario. <laughs> there it is, right? There's oh the reason why. I mean, this is always a Miami effectiveness, yeah. right? Yeah. But no, listen. Both teams, both teams are they. They get they pass the ball very effective offensively. It got solid defenses. I I I just let me say this man. playmakers. Both I just said this off the air for whatever reason. And there may be a little Southern comfort involved in it. Mm-hmm. Washington is getting no love in this game. They, they're absolutely getting no opportunity. And I watched that game against o- Oregon. Everybody gave Oregon the benefit of the doubt in the first game because they went forward on fourth down three times and ultimately ended up losing. Yep. But if you watch that game against Oregon, man, Washington put a number on them. I mean, they played they, they, they played well. And I didn't give them a chance against Oregon again. I just thought Oregon was going to win them. But back-to-back, they beat, beat, beat Oregon. And by the way, and, they and, were – they were a nine and a half, ten point dog. Exactly, they were because everybody figured that. Listen, a neutral site, both of these teams, Washington won at their crib. All right, so they figured that a neutral site, Oregon, with all that high powered offense or whatever, Washington, no way Washington could sustain it. Okay, so I'll add to you. Both of you guys mm-hmm. were talking about the fact that yeah, the, the disrespect card couldn't be in full play. Yep. The the number of games that they played down the stretch where they had to fight like hell to win, that certainly can pay dividends mm-hmm. as well. What did Texas do the last couple of games? Well, on their way out of the Big 12, slamming the door on the rest of the Big 12 competition, they roasted them. They roasted them. And so they you never know. They could fall in love they with themselves They roasted in the them, but they played with fire before mm-hmm. those final two games. Yeah. Yes, they, they beat up on Texas Tech 57-7. They beat Oklahoma State 49-21. 
They played with fire and aims. A lot of people were picking Iowa State to pick them off the mm-hmm. week prior to that. Mm-hmm. 26-16 was the final, so they win by 10. Lest we forget the debacle against Kansas yeah. State that yeah. they only escaped because of Chris Kleiman's inexplicable decision to go for it on fourth down as opposed to kick a field goal. Yeah. And then at TCU, which this was not last year's TCU, they escaped with a field goal win. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Ewers played in that He didn't game. play in yeah. those two, yes. Which, by the way, if something – this is how stupid the college football calendar is, by the way, what I brought up earlier. Let's say something happens to him, mm-hmm. and they have to bring in the quarterback who played backup, who I can't remember his name. I'm Malik sorry. Malik Murphy. Yes, yeah. who had to play in like three or four games this in year. In the portal. Yeah. It was pretty good. No, he's already out. He, yeah, he's he had to go to Duke. Or yeah. he had to, he's going like, to Duke. Before the national – Semi-final game, like yeah. because that was sort of the schedule the college football has. If you want to transfer, you got to do it before the bowl game. And so now, like the national title could be decided by a third stringer because this kid's going to be playing at Duke. And yeah, but are... that third stringer is named Arch Manning, oh, JJ. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the ratings yeah. they'll still be yeah, through the roof. They'll love him, but but the point is is solid because the portal and national signing day is mucking things up. Okay, yes. you know, Joy and Whoville is all about go from the championship Saturday to the college football semifinals and then get ready for the championship game yet all eyes are on that portal hey who's coming out of the the, the John I always you know the portal who's coming out of the portal at next and and because you don't know and these guys they have to get up and get out of there and it does it I feel bad for a lot of the bowl games that are just getting hosed by okay, so this kid jumped ship before an opportunity yes. to win in a national championship yes yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, and I, I was like, and they're telling him they have really to go. annoyed by it. But yeah. if you go on Twitter, people are just like, hey, he had to do what he had to do. Right. And they have that window as soon as yeah, it opens. But, you but gotta, why can't you just wow. be like, hey, Manny, I'm playing in the semifinal. I'll hit the portal afterwards. Right. And they probably still could have landed in a good spot. But everyone, all those coaches, but, uh, they press that, you know, the thumb down. You better make a decision. There may be a reason else. for it. Like maybe the portal closes at a certain time. I'm they not have until sure. January 15th. Oh, so that's class yeah. start. well after yeah. the game. Yeah, it's well after, and and like some have at least guessed yeah. that that wow. May portal when it opens back up could be nuts again. And well, uh, real quick, sorry, Leon, but no, this is a Florida State story that we haven't talked about. Mm-hmm. Their quarterback. Yep. Yeah. Decided like three or four days before the game. Hey, I'm transferring. I'm hitting the portal. So like, I know Florida State fans are pissed about. Oh that. yeah, and I I echoed what Rick said yesterday that you know he said basically Tate Rodemaker was told, hey, you're probably gonna suck in this game because the cards aren't in it for you because there's so many other. It'll hurt your missing. status. It'll hurt like your, your value. Yeah. yeah, it'll hurt your stock. But really. also, that's what, a good take. What yeah. does that say about you know Florida State akin to Miami banking on Cam Ward? I mean, that means Miami's banking on DJU. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I guess you have the kid who started the ACC championship game. Well, they yeah, the, uh, but other than Brock that, Glenn, yeah, they yeah. all and and, the, and then our boy Luke Cromanhuck, but he's going to be an eighteen-year-old true freshman. Yeah, and so they all these coaches, they 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 push that thumb down. You better make a decision now. And it, it, it's what about it, Jeff it's, Sims? It's mucking it up. Hey, it's, listen, he just he is still in the portal. That's <laughs> yeah. not a bad idea, JJ. Yeah. Real quick on what Leon was saying because I think it is so true. Everybody counted Washington out of the Pac-12 title game because Oregon's offense was so uh, elite. That was a team that was blowing people out mm-hmm. down the home stretch of the regular season. Second best offense of the country, only behind Jaden Daniels and LSU. You want to know who ranked 10th overall total offense? 469 yards per game. Yeah, Still not yeah. a, a bad Huskies. number to look at. Yeah. The Huskies. Yeah. You want to know who ranked 9th? Right ahead of them at 475, Texas. Yeah. Mm. That's so why they, I think this is going to be a good game, no matter how you dice it up. I think 
Both these defenses have flaws, but they also both have big dudes along the line. I think Washington's DBs proved something in that game against the Ducks in the Pac-12 title game. And I think their edge rushers did as well because they harassed Bo Nix, which no one had been able yeah. to do. And you can chalk that up to Pac-12 bias all you want and that they don't play defense out there. But I, I think they but do the, at Washington. Yeah, here's the beautiful thing. Big 12 has always been accused of lack of defense and Pac-12 has always been accused of lack of defense. So both of them are dealing with this. Washington, Washington top five nationally in plays of 10, 20, and 30 yards, meaning they hit big ones. They move chains, and then they go for big chunk plays. And so they are spot on when it comes to creating offense. Just can which of these defenses can stop the other, honestly? 63 and a half. Yeah, is that is what it is? Total. And so I, I feel like I'm, I'm – upset it's it's the second game. It honestly upsets me because I, I think it could just be a eight forty five. They probably electric. did that for the Washington The West Coast people. eyeballs. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah. yeah, West Coast eyeballs. Even though the Rose Bowl is, Alabama, is starting Michigan. at 5, uh, which means it's starting well, at 2 o'clock. Well, the Rose Bowl is always yeah. at 5, I know, right? Am I yeah, wrong? Oh, yeah, that's it. It, it is. Okay. The granddaddy yeah. of all, absolutely. 5 o'clock launch. Uh, two o'clock out there in beautiful uh, paradise, California, Pasadena. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, been there, but it's been such a distant memory. I can't really. I love it. Too I was there in it. July. It's yeah. one of the most beautiful. Well, I got places. to go to the like the Rose Bowl and the Rose Bowl parade, yeah, parade. and all that. It was just so much fun as a kid, but yeah. just haven't been there. Well, that that's one bowl I wish I had played in in college because, yeah. we, but but. It, it, the, the conference, the Big Ten and the, and the Pac-10 were, were exclusive to that because I remember mm-hmm. in 91 when we finished our season, we we, we wanted Miami to play Washington, mm-hmm. you know, because we were both AP, UPI, number ones, whatever. But because we were we were bowl committed, Washington had to go play Michigan in the Rose Bowl and we had to play in the Orange Bowl mm-hmm. against Nebraska. And because we wanted a definitive – you know, we didn't want to split no title. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we wanted to I say, agree. hey, hey Leon, I got, a, I got an inside yeah. uh, inside detail for you. Yeah. What's that? It is still. Even outside of when it is part of the college football playoff, mm-hmm. the Rose Bowl is still technically sanctioned to the Big Ten mm-hmm. and the Pac-12, which is now the two-pack. Wow. And that's why many people are saying, does this mean that Oregon State or Wazoo gets to play in the Rose Bowl every year? Now, I think they're going to renegotiate. For two more years, that. maybe. Right, is the way for it's two being more years, about. and yeah. they're going to renegotiate it. They'll make it part of the playoff, which is unfortunate because otherwise, those two schools, because they are holding on to the trademark, the Pac 12. It's all they got. They what would you guys, also get to play in the Rose Bowl. What do you guys wow. think is the best Rose Bowl of all time? That the UCL, that, that USC, USC, Texas. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had but USC, Baker versus Georgia. Baker versus Georgia was good. That Sa- was a good one. Super Sam Darnold versus Trace McSorley was actually yeah, a pretty USC, good game. Yeah, USC-Penn State was a great game. It yeah, really was. It was a really good game. But nothing's going to top Texas-USC. Uh, That's when you know Vince Young no. made you know made him his the, the, a great stage and late in the ball game. Got him a statue. It. Yeah, now, I, was it yeah. Michigan versus USC the year before that? Or Texas versus USC the year before that? I don't I think don't Texas was, was in the Rose Bowl insane. two years running. I don't believe Yeah, maybe yeah. it was USC. Uh, by the way, real quick as we wrap it up with the uh, Modella college football playoff preview, the Washington Huskies and the Longhorns are among the top 20 in scoring and in points per possession, top 25. So those are big numbers that you want. So you should see a lot of points going on the board between these two. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll keep it rolling. Back into the uh, Jaguars locker room if we can. Come on up here in just a second. And we did mention what's going on with Florida State, so we'll give you the latest as far as the defections go because there are a ton of them uh, up there in Tallahassee. This is XL Primetime. 
brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Last trip to the bank. Now, some of you are like, wait a minute, I could go back to the bank many, many, many times before. This ain't my last trip. But this is the last trip to Everbank Stadium in 2023. Last home game is New Year's Eve against the Carolina Panthers. And I'll call them the hated Carolina Panthers, even though I usually reserve that for the AFC South. It's because they're an expansion brother. They're the hated Carolina Panthers. And we have a pair of tickets to give away coming up. Okay? Mm. So if you want to get to the bank the last time in 2023, stick around because we got a chance for you to win those Or if you forgot to give someone like a birthday or a Christmas present. That might work. And you're just like, dude, I was waiting to give you these. Obviously, right before the game. Um, Before we uh, head into the locker room with Cam Robinson, I just need to hand Leon my laptop right now. Mm. Uh, This was just tweeted out by the Wreckers football Uh account. Chiano and company. Maybe huh? that's why it's it's a it's a one point spread right now, Leon. I just mm. saw it's two and a half. By the way, Rutgers oh. two and a half point favorites. Against it's got to be because wow. they already have signage outside of Yankee Stadium during yeah. the year as is. Yeah. Huh. Oh, so they, yeah, look at this. See, they already have the okay. R. Oh, there we go. See, look at that, Joe. <laughs> Twenty four hours with the R. Oh. A lot of things in R. It's. I, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> they just saying. love it. The Canes are the Canes are playing from behind as is, and it's not their fault. That's time, all. Time home field tomorrow. advantage. Yeah, I mean, listen. First of all, it is home field advantage. It's Yankee Stadium. New I mean, York, New, big t- the Big Ten's Rutgers New York in, team. Rutgers is in Jersey, right? Yeah, from Piscataway. Yeah, Piscataway. Yeah. Okay, all right. But was, that's part of why the Big Ten wanted Rutgers because you know, they wanted. I got their much New York respect market. for Shiano. I mean, he was a, he was at Miami in the era where I was kind of brought us back. I love Shiano. Yeah, I was going to oh, say he yeah. was he was a candidate for the job. Now. Mm-hmm, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. and I think he's a very good coach. Big no part question. of my childhood. I told him as much when they were here for the uh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, which maybe mm-hmm. we'll preview that as well. But that'll come later. Yeah, uh, we'll have tickets later this week oh, to give away. Even you know, better, maybe tomorrow. Nice. I love that. So we'll preview that game tomorrow. For right now, let's stay on the Jags and their upcoming game on Sunday at the bank. Again, tickets. Um, those will be given away throughout the week, including on today's program. Um, but let's talk Cam Robinson. 21-day window opened this morning. Um, now the question is, will he be ready to play on Sunday immediately right after? It sounded like that. Talking to Doug Peterson yesterday, the, pra- the injury report from today's practice is out. Cam Robinson listed as limited, um, along with uh, a whole litany of other Jags. Before we get to some of those other names, let's hear from the Jaguars veteran left tackle. Uh, I know your reaction, you're probably pumped to be with the boys, but what, did you have any reactions from anybody else when you got on the field? Um, just, just everybody being pretty excited. Um, just pretty, just being pretty excited for me to be back. Just as excited as I was to be back. So that's always fun. Do you feel like you learned any big lessons while you're out? Um, lessons I don't know. It's just all about. I just try to, just try to keep things into perspective. Um, those weeks you miss, you just. I mean, once you're away from the game, you just kind of your appreciation for whatever it is, for whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is that I was missing is just. Um, it's on full display, and um, just kind of anxious to get back. Man, I don't never set no personal goals. We just set the goals we got as a team, and if we stay, if we stay disciplined and we do everything we need to do, the personal goals come from within that. Cam, you've been a part of lulls before during your time in the league. Do think just all this team needs is to win to get back on track? Is that simple? Yeah, I think so. I think Karen wins everything. Um, just kind of not having a, a sense of panic or a sense of 
I think it definitely needs to be a sense of urgency, but not a sense of panic. Um, we know what we need to do. We know what we need to get better in, and we know what we need to work on. So it's simple just going out there and doing exactly that, working on it and getting better at it. Uh, I just think we need to do is just do a better job of being all on the same page. Hey, Cam, missed a bunch of games this year, early in the season and then now. So yeah. How difficult is that for a competitor like you just to kind of be on the side and now have a chance to finish it with two weeks to go? Yeah, I mean, of course it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to deal with. I always want to be out there with the guys. Um, I genuinely love playing football. Um, it's my favorite thing to do. So, um, anytime I'm away from the game, it always it's it's always difficult. But um, everybody in the building has done a good job of supporting me and kind of, kind of helping me along with it. Can you, you bring a different edge to the offensive line? Do you take pride in maybe some of that that you bring? Um, I don't know if I think about it like that. I just just go out there and be me. Um, that's kind of always have. That's kind of always. That's kind of how I always have been. That's just the player I am. That's the person I am. So um, never try to force anything or try too hard to show anything. I just go out there and be myself and just let it, just let it, whatever shows, shows. How close is this team like to, to getting it all together again? Is I think, far no? no, I mean, I think it's just to the point to where I mentioned earlier to where it's like um, winning cares all. I think if we get back out there and we just, um, we just obviously stay locked in, stay focused, but we just need to put, start, just start stringing together good things, good plays, good drives, good series. And I think, not try to just focus on what's in front of us right now. I mean, of course we want to win the games, and of course we want to string together wins and kind of roll into the playoffs with momentum, but that's not the most important thing right now. The most important thing is the practice that we just had. Your first week with Ezra next to you, is that easy to, for the two of you to just gel and mash and bond? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, at this point I'll play with, I'll play besides uh, a lot. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know the number. So, um. I mean, I play. I've, I've had a lot of guards, and uh, we'll do a good job of. We'll mesh, and we'll get it figured out, and we'll we'll roll. Yeah. Hey Cam, a lot of the talk of like you and the other guys saying you just got to get a win. Yeah. You get to see a win. Um, is the approach sort of to this game like a must-win, if you will? Um, I don't think I don't think that's being stressed to us that it's a must-win, but it's definitely just a sense of urgency. We know what we need to get done, and we know that we need to get it done. Um, the time for BSing is. I mean, that's obviously. You kind of got to put that behind you. We got, um, we know what we need to do. We know how many weeks we got to get it done, and I think we just the most important part is to just attack it. So he's back, mm-hmm. and you hope he's healthy. Yeah, you hope he he's healthy. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that he had that injury because I think Cam was playing some of his best football this year. You know, playing the, at the left, and I've been, always been critical of him because I've always felt that he had something else. You know, he had something else. That I was I was searching for, but I mean he's solid. He's a solid left tackle for this team right now, and I understand the unfortunate situation where you get injured and your team's struggling. You can't do anything about it. When I got hurt in two thousand, this team went six and ten, and I, you know I blew out my quadriceps tendon, and I had to watch this team struggle in games. I knew that if I played, we, we I, I felt that we would have been a lot better. Well, you know, maybe my ego's talking a little bit. Whatever. Nothing wrong with that. But, but I just felt that, you know, I was an integral part of this team's success the year before. And when I got hurt and I saw this team struggling, and you had to watch that, you like, man, I want to be out there. So I can understand his frustrations because when he was in there, this team was on the road. Yeah. You know, they yeah. were on the road. And then when he got hurt, this team kind of struggled, you know. So, I mean, it, the frustration of having to live with the fact that, you're seeing the team struggle, and you can't do anything about it. So now he's anxious to get back out there and help this team. It's it's funny. They gutted out that win when he was on the sidelines hurt, and that's when mm-hmm. they seemed like they were turning a big old corner 
obviously we all know what happened after that. Yeah, all four right. straight L's. Uh, yeah. The rest of that injury report before we take our next break. Um, Cam Robinson was limited today, as was Zay Jones. So both were on the practice field. It's obviously a good sign. Andre Sisco, Tyson Campbell, Bretton Strange all returned last week. They were all limited today. Stick a pin in that because I do want to get to that here in a second because yeah. I thought the answer from Mike Caldwell this morning about why those two didn't play in the second half was a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Ezra Cleveland, Walker Little also limited with their injuries. And then um, the only did not practice, of course, was Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. um, and C.J. Beathard, a full participant. The the Cisco-Campbell thing, real quickly, and I want your take on that. Um, we, we asked Mike Caldwell this morning because Doug Peterson yesterday referenced some rust and maybe having to, you know, shake some of that off to get them up to game speed. And, you know, Mike Caldwell gave a great answer of, like, look, I'm not going to say pitch count, but the reality is is to get back to that elite level, it does take a little bit of a ramp-up period when you're coming back from an injury like those two are coming back from. Mm -hmm. But then he followed that up by saying, look, you know, when Dewey has stepped in for Cisco, we feel like we haven't missed a beat. We feel like Mm -hmm. when Buster Brown has been in there for Tyson, we haven't missed a beat. Well, uh, the coach is saying—is that, that what you want to hear? Well, no, no. The coach is essentially saying that um, you two struggled a little bit, and then we, we we don't need to see that again, or you can be replaced. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine because they did struggle against Tampa. Both of them struggled yeah. against Tampa, and when you got two guys behind them that played, you know, okay or as well as them, right? Don, that makes you expendable. And I know if you have a bad hand, bad groin, those are real. Those are serious. Yeah, they're real and serious. But it's your good on their good, and and you've got to show up. Like we said, you get on the field, you gotta, the, you can't well, ramp them back up. Yeah, you, you can. gotta put them but, in position. But but I mean, football it, as for players is not supposed to be a spectator sport. Yeah, exactly. You're supposed to be out there playing. Better believe it. All right, how about this? This guy played. All right, so the trivia question, little deep, little deep, but that's what it takes to win tickets to the bank for your Jacksonville Jaguars against the Carolina Panthers. We all know they do not play. All the time. Every four years, you'll get the NFC South on your schedule, so we have to go back in time, all right? But you got a pair of tickets on the line. JJ will have the answer if you call and, and, and guess it correctly. You will have these tickets. Now, Jacksonville is on a three-game losing streak to the Carolina Panthers. Three-game losing streak. So the last time Jacksonville beat Carolina, who was the last Jaguar in the end zone? Okay. Mm-hmm. The last time Jacksonville beat Carolina, who was the last Jaguar in the end zone? You can call 641-1010, and JJ is waiting for the correct caller, and you got a chance to get hooked up with those tickets, courtesy of the flagship home of your Jacksonville Jaguar. But in the fourth, it's Swartz Mr. Jaguar. Fred Taylor ran for a buck 32. This 80-yarder, a Jacksonville regular season record. Jacksonville looking good. Nine and four. No problems with Carolina, 37-6. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. That's how far back you have to go. The highlight, the highlight reel that was Freddie T. The last time Jacksonville beat Carolina, Mm. Fred Taylor was wearing a Jaguar uniform, and he went 80 to the house. That was the last touchdown that day, as you just heard the score, 37-6. We just hooked up. Uh, Steve with tickets to go see the Jags play the Panthers 
at the bank last game of 2023. But how far back is that? Uh, and that hopefully isn't the only time you're going to hear Freddie T's name called today yeah. because the Hall of Fame will shrink its finalist list down to Come 15 on. tonight Come at on. 8 p.m. I'm not saying I've heard some good vibes, so let's mm-hmm. hope that it's not just the vibes and let's hope it's actually for real that Freddie T would be a finalist, not just a semifinalist, but a finalist for the class of 2024 so this that, evening. So that's at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock on NFL Network tonight. And you're going from 25 down to 15, mm-hmm. and then obviously And that's who gets into the room, yeah. and that's you know, and, th- and that's what we've heard so much from former players, from Hall of Famers, and from the voters themselves. Once you get into the room, that's where you really start to make up the ground and start to lay the foundation of this is why I should be a Hall of Famer. And we heard Fred when he came on yeah. XL Primetime, and he, and he said, like, Look, it's probably not going to be this year, but if I can just get into the room and they can start the conversation, there's a bit of a logjam at some other positions right now. But to at least have his name mentioned in that room and to have it debated is the first step to getting him into the hall. Well, here's an idea. Won't they watch some film? <laughs> you know, the hell with the room. Watch some film. Oh, but it's funny because I was going to ask you, I was going to say, all right, sirs, at the very least, when they do start talking about him, mm-hmm. then they have to – and this is some national writers, and then there's one guy appointed for every NFL market, they have to know already how good well, well, Freddie was. He, he, here's another thing. They, they, they got to look at the level of competition in which Fred had to go up against in that division. Yeah. In that division, every year he saw Pittsburgh twice. He saw the Ravens twice. He saw the Titans twice. I mean, that, that, that alone right there, against those defenses yeah. – as, as Fred would say, he murked them. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, come on now. I mean, just, and, just watch the film. And by the way, this 2007 run we're talking about where he went 80 to the house, mm-hmm. that was his 10th year in the league. Wow. Okay. So, that gives you an idea. Okay. Jetting past people and power and speed is a rare combination. And he easily displayed that on a regular basis. You you know how I feel about him. I know how you feel about him, and we know how all Duval feels about him. Well, well the interesting thing was, I mean, the, over the weekend, well, Christmas when I was giving toys away for Big John's Foundation, mm-hmm. uh, Freddie T's coach, Coach uh, Gerald. Mm-hmm. Gerald, Gerald Ingram. Gerald yeah. Ingram was there, and he told me some stories about Freddie oh, T. Oh, I bet. Oh, it was just, I mean, just, just, just being on the sideline and talking to Fred, and he would tell Fred, you better go get this one. Fred said, I got it. I mean, he, he said that Fred – Fred, at sometimes on the sideline, called his shot. I said, "What, coach?" He said, "Coach, I got That's this beautiful. one." I said, "I said he called the shot, coach, like Babe Ruth." Yeah. He said, "Coach, I'm taking this one to the house." And it was just, it was just so fun to hear those kind of stories. What coach would say, where Fred would be on the sideline, and say, "Coach, give me this play right here. I'm taking it to the house." Well, he was, you know, what he talked about. He talked about that Miami game. Remember that Miami oh game of the first yes. play of the game. He he's told me on the sideline that Fred said he was going to take it to the house. Yeah, it, it, if you I have that said, gift, wow. you have that gift and belief in yes. yourself, which is just tremendous. But uh, it, you know how we would always invite people on to tell the story of Tony and you know kind of campaign a little bit. Gerald Ingram would be a great guy if, if he makes it into the 15 mm-hmm. to do the same thing. All right, 5 o'clock hours here. It's XL Primetime in the drive time. Uh, the Francis Show off this week, so we're happy to hang out with you. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Big Surge, and J.J. We're missing Maddie this week. He's on vacation. But what we have done regularly – on XL Primetime is we put together five from college, five from pros to add up to ten. Well, mm-hmm. we said, hey, college, we're waiting for the college football playoff. So, in the five o'clock hour, let's do a high five and a low five mm. in the National Football League. High five! 
There you go. Just think about it. We missed your sound up effects high, yesterday, JJ. Down low. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we want. Up high, down low. Now, coin flip here, up in the air. I say we do the worst last, okay? Yeah, yeah. it's more fun that way. <laughs> yeah, we do the worst last. And uh, it's more local that way. Yeah, so <laughs> you know what I mean. There's a hint. All right, so let's uh, let's begin uh, our 5-1 to one countdown, best teams in the National Football League. JJ, you keep track of these as usual. Yeah, so last week we'll go with Matt because uh, he had to send them in via text from Vacation World. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, last week. Maddie had, of course, uh, well, we'll go five to one. Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins, Ravens, and everybody had the 49ers number one last week. Mm-hmm. All right, so Matt's this week a little bit different. Eagles five, Bills four, Dolphins up to three. The Niners and the Ravens have flip-flopped. He has the Niners two and the Ravens number one. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we'll start with Mia. Mia last week had Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins, Ravens, and 49ers number one. I did it again, J.J., the Kansas City Chiefs are out of my top five. I mean, they suck right now. They are the Jaguars of the Midwest right now, although maybe, you know, they have a better quarterback right now. But other than that, it's that's about it. And that defense is pretty elite, but they can't do it themselves. At number five, Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns, baby. Mm. Nobody has been more consistent over the last three weeks defensively and on offense. Kevin Stefanski should be the runaway winner for Coach of the Year, in my opinion. At number four, the Bills, it wasn't pretty, but it was gritty in the words of the Jags against the Los Angeles Chargers on Saturday night. But I think a good portion of you didn't even watch it because they relegated it to the cock. Um, At number three, the Miami Dolphins, they got it done when it mattered most. They beat a playoff team in the Dallas Cowboys. And I, too, have flipped the Niners and the Ravens with San Francisco coming in at number two. Obviously a concern with the four picks, the fact that they can't play from behind. They, they still, though, for me, are a top-two team next to the number one team in my rankings, the Baltimore Ravens. All right, last week uh, we'll go to Joe. He had Chiefs 5, Dolphins 4, Ravens 3, Bills up to 2, and the 49ers were his number one team. Yeah, and, and look, I happily, happily took the Baltimore Ravens uh, and those points uh, Sunday and or Monday night and look forward to seeing what Lamar uh, could do out there. And obviously we know what they did. Their defense showed up as much as uh, El Boogie did. Uh, but – it's easy when you take a look at where everything is at. Five to one, as a matter of fact, as I'm looking at this, JJ, uh, I, I think you know that I, I did this improperly. I, I normally do it correctly, but I blew this one. All right, so I've got my Lions in the fifth spot, okay, because the Detroit Lions, if they can go into Dallas and send a message, they just celebrated their first division mm-hmm. title mm-hmm. in 30 years. The last time they won a division title, Barry Sanders was running the football for him. That's how long ago it was. So they are easily in my top five. The Dolphins, they squeaked out a win, but that was a big win for them against a winning record in the Dallas Cowboys. We know that they had not been able to do that before this time. So they're fourth. Niners are third because, yeah, they took a dip. Brock Purdy was exposed a little bit. He didn't make one mistake. He made multiple mistakes. And then I've got the Buffalo Bills number two. Even though they had to scratch out a win, in L.A. against the Chargers with that last-second field goal. And then, obviously, the Ra- the Ravens have risen to the top right now. So that was I'm, the same list you sent me. Yeah, yeah, but but I did it in reverse order. I, was, I, I figured it out, Okay, though. good. Mm. I knew you didn't have Lions, number one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Lions, Ravens. I'm like, right. I think I know He's it. He's an idiot. All, All right. right, next up, uh, we have Leon, who last week had the Bills five, Chiefs four, Dolphins three, Ravens two, and, of course, he had the 49ers as the number one team. Yeah, well, I've got, I got the Chiefs out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs are uh, – they're struggling like us. Yes. 
only difference is they got a superstar quarterback in the houses. 18, 18, 19? Yeah, 18, 19. Not That's the Trevor's year. now. Not, the year. Not, Not the 16, year. but no, 18, 19. 18, 19, 18, 19. So at number five, I got the Eagles at number five. The Eagles, I mean, listen, was it was unimpressive, um, but they found a way to win a football game. It was an ugly game. Giants stayed in the game very, for the most part in the game, made it a game. But they found a way to win. Bills, another one. Ugly game. Ugly win, but they found a way. At this point in the season, you're not going to have pretty games. You're going to have to fifth fight and get a win, and the Bills fifth fight and got a win against the Chargers. Number three, um, the boogeyman is met Jason on uh, Monday night. <laughs> All right? So, so Freddy versus <laughs> Exactly. So, the Niners take a dip. Uh, I, I don't think that team was exposed. I just think that Ravens defense was just too much for him, and El Boogie just did his thing. I mean, you might as well just write his name on the MVP right now. All right, number two, the Dolphins. I got the Dolphins at number two. Very impressive win against the Cowboys at home. You know, so I um, mean, the Dolphins, Dolphins is going to be a team to be reckoned with come playoff time. But the number one team is the Ravens, Baltimore Ravens. And uh, I have to eat crow because I, I thought they had absolutely no chance, you know, to go into San Francisco and win that game, and they proved me wrong. Eight that, straight Monday Night Football, the dogs, dogs have won. Yes. Crazy. And Lamar Jackson is 20-1 and one against the NFC. Wow, that's a great And the one stat. loss is to Daniel Jones yes. and the New York Giants. Saucy Nugs. 20 yeah. and 1. And you want one more saucy just as far as what the Ravens have done, and this is really hard. You know what? It's not hard to believe, but certainly credit needs to be given to what Johnny Harbaugh has done. They have seven wins by 14 points or more this season, and all of them are beating teams that are currently over 500. Mm-hmm. Saucy Nugs. So they're not beating losers. No, they're not. And, the no, with winning and, and you know what? I, I, I think the, the Ravens got ticked off because the whole week they were talking about the Ravens having to re, having to meet the the intensity of the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You know, everything was like, can they match their intensity? That's what I, was that thinking, kind of yeah. I was like, wow. So I mean, I remember my my one my one my one year stench with the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember stent or stench. stench, stench, left stench. stench. You know, it's, I stunk. Yeah. I stink, stink, stunk <laughs> while I was there. Um, but the, the one year I was there, I remember walking in the locker room and it says, play like a Raven. Yeah. And the the Ravens are synonymous for being physical and tough on defense. And don't get me wrong now, I'm not saying they're the 2000 Ravens or the, even the Ravens where they had Ed Reed and T. Sizzle, but I'm saying they build, that culture there is to be tough and be physical right. and they have an identity. So I'm just saying that come playoff time, you roll up in Baltimore – Right, you better, recognize. You better you better strap up. Yeah, recognize, that's for sure. All right, low five, JJ, real All quick. All right, Let's so low five, Matt's is uh, – Matt has, excuse me, Jaguars number five uh-huh. as the five, fifth worst team right now in the NFL. Just a quick reminder, this is not based on the entire season, obviously. This is a power ranking. Who right now do you think are the five worst teams in the league? So he has Jags five. Uh, Washington four, the Bears three, which I think the Bears are playing pretty good I right now. Yeah. I disagree yeah. with Their that. Defense is top Cardinals five. two, and the Panthers number one. See, here's the funny part: just coming from the Jags locker room, and I don't think they're blowing smoke when they say it. Like, Derek Brown is still on the Panthers. There's still some good pieces in that linebacking core and on that defensive front. They've been top ten statistically, despite all of the shortcomings mm-hmm. and the fact that they are currently in line for the number one pick, of which they do don't own. I also have the Panthers making an appearance in my top five, but yeah. I'm not sure they're the worst team right now. Uh, I also do not have the Jaguars, although they're probably teetering on that 5-6 line. By virtue of today's news in the National Football League, I have the Denver Broncos number five because they now face 
quite the crossroads of sorts. And the latest from Jordan Schultz, uh, which we're going to get to here in a second, because this report of a fight between Russell Wilson the only and Sean Payton in October. There's a beef. We're, yeah, yeah, we're going to get to that because that makes me question where that franchise is headed. And so that's why they're at five. And number four, the aforementioned Panthers, who may not be as bad as everybody thinks they are, especially as they continue to find ways to get Bryce Young into space. And number three, the Los Angeles Chargers. Talk about a crossroads. Yes, they have Justin Herbert, but I'm not really sure what else they're going to have next year because they got a lot of dudes to pay and some big decisions looming, most notably, of course, the head coach and the GM hiring. At number two, the Commanders. The decision today to bench Sam Howell, probably the right decision with how Jacoby Brissett played, but also what does that say about where that team is headed in the security of job security of Ron Rivera's job? And at number one, the Arizona Cardinals because – they wanted to be there. They wanted that number one overall pick. They're not going to get it because of the Panthers. Oh, maybe, maybe say you never, never know. Uh, yeah. Never say never. Uh, Carolina um, could come in here and win. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I think they do have some young promising pieces. But they want it to be the 2020 Jags, and that's largely what they're getting. All right. Leon? No. Joe, did you go? No, I've not. No, just Joe, Joe goes. All right, I'm just going to throw them yeah, out there ahead. real fast because I, it's so funny. I was waiting for JJ, and I forgot that we didn't have one of these before. So Yeah, this yeah. is the first yeah. one. We're yeah. This is the first one. First yeah. ever. All right, so I kind of went with a uh, low five for teams that either have fired their coach, will fire their coach, or told their coach they're not coming back. Uh, and most of them do fit the pedigree uh, that I was looking for. Number five would be the Chargers because they've already canned Staley. But at the very least, they fought like heck against the Buffalo Bills, so I at least give them that. The Cardinals, first-year guy, they're not going to fire him, but they may be departing from a couple of other big names uh, on that franchise. So the Cardinals, got to put them in the in the bottom five, the low five. The Patriots, they've already told Billy, he is out, so the hoodie will be gone, and the Pats are number three on the low five. Commanders, second worst, and the only reason I put the Panthers last is because Jacksonville needs to beat somebody, all right? They're on a four-game losing streak, and they may need the worst team in America to show up so they can get a dub. Uh, in December. So I'm putting the Panthers as the worst. All right. Well, here's here's my low five. And now that you got to remember that my low five is a, is a is an accumulation of what I saw them play and mm-hmm. what their record looks like. Like okay. an SAT score, you know, right. combination. Mm-hmm. Colts. Colts were bad. Mm. They were bad against Atlanta. I watched that game. They were, they were bad. They had every, they had Anyone everything. that loses to the Falcons yeah. should probably be on this list. Yeah, the Falcon team that just lost to the, the Panthers a week ago, they yeah. go into Atlanta. And I they, couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That was the opportunity. Listen, no one wants to win the AFC South. No one. Not even <laughs> us. I'm not sure that any of us going to win down the stretch. But but I had the Colts at five. The Chargers. Uh, you know, listen, they fist forward a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. that team lost his coach and everything like that. Had nothing, nothing to play for. Well, they took the Bills all the way to a last second field goal to win the game. So, I mean, you got to give them a little credit for the right. fact that they fought when they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. All right? Right now they're making Cabo reservations, and that's all good. <laughs> all right? I, number three, I got the Jaguars. I got the Jaguars because I saw that. I you saw, saw that. I, yeah, and I, I had eye pollution watching that game. <laughs> I had to rinse my eyes out. It was just terrible. Both sides of the ball. I mean, so I had to put the Jaguars in there. At number two, I, I really didn't want to put them there, but, you know, they put 30 on Green Bay. But they are still the worst team in the NFL. They are the worst team in the NFL. You know, but they put 30 on Green Bay. I mean, unless you know that Stressed they got, they still got, they still got a little heart. They still got a little heart. And that's why that's why I'm concerned about the Jaguars. This team has nothing to play for, but yet they put up 30 against Green Bay. And they fought hard to the very end. They end up losing. And number one is they are who they are. 
the Cardinals. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. They, they wanted are to be. who we thought they and were. Dennis, they they wanted to be the 2020 Jags, by the way. Yes. Like, they had podcasters and radio personalities that were starting Tankathon segments in September. This yeah. is what they wanted. That's what they're getting. And, and, and listen, they started, they, they kind of, they teased their fan base a little bit by beating the Cowboys early on. Mm-hmm. But then for the rest and of the day. And they played hard a lot. They did. They yeah. played hard a lot. They just sucked. They just their roster's yeah, the worst. So there you go. Low five. Yeah, low five. All right. So you can agree with them, JJ? Uh, yeah, quickly. Yeah. I have Washington, the Cardinals, the Jags is three at w- as well, uh, Panthers. And I have the Chargers number one. I don't care what they did this weekend. Yeah. They're still bad. They're terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. When they when 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 they give life to Aiden O'Connell uh, <laughs> and let sixty three go on the board, although a team that scored zero offensive yeah. touchdowns. Although this Aiden and the and 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 the boys went into Arrowhead. Yeah, and, but they didn't score a single offensive touchdown. And I wouldn't give right. AOC the credit. for <laughs> I that would win. give Antonio Pierce yeah. all the credit. If I, I'm going to be sad if yeah. he doesn't get the full time Yeah, job. I, I, I'm rooting for him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first AOC reference I heard, and I love that. <laughs> that is awesome. All right, Geo, we're going to go for. I don't know if I'm going to put AOC and Geo in the same category, but he is coming up as we talk about AC joints, bad knees, all of that coming up on XL Primetime. I'm coming in. Geo is in the house, fresh off of uh, what I would think would be a boatload of Christmas gifts under your tree. He is fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. We call it the Bari Breakdown, and we also have Breaking Bones Sunday mornings at 7.30. Gio, welcome in. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Did you get tired of opening presents? Because you know I didn't open any presents. No? I got no. tired of watching oh, yeah. people open presents. So Santa showed up is what yeah, you're saying. That's right. Young what Michael was, uh, and young George, they what, crushed. What If yeah. you didn't have a gift you got then, what was the best gift that – the boys got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, my youngest is uh, loves uh, monster trucks, obsessed. Mm-hmm. So, monster trucks galore. And then my. Uh, my so, are oldest... you going to get him into that field? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Daddy probably has the money to buy no. a monster truck. <laughs> get him. I had a buddy that actually had one of the, and I wish I could remember the guys, the the monster jam truck driver, Jr. Something. Anyway, he had him show up. In his monster truck yeah. for the birthday party. Oh, yeah. Can you do that? There's an idea. You, know, you can do that. I have maybe looked that up once. <laughs> uh, all right. Now, listen. Uh, there is a monster of a problem uh, here in Duval. It, they're adding up uh, left and right, LLLL. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence now has an AC joint issue. You saw the fourth and one scramble. Yeah. And we have seen this, Geo, a bunch. Whenever they're diving to try and extend and get extra yards, that just take us through that AC joint and how it gets stretched so out. The AC hurt. joint, you know, is uh, if you if you're feeling your shoulder, it's a bump you have on the top of your shoulder, right? Mm-hmm. So it's your your acromioclavicular joint, basically where your distal clavicle, which is the word clavicular, comes from, and the acromion meet. Um, there's a little space there, and it gives you some motion to to move that. And then it's prone to injury, like any joint is, right? And especially in football, when you're landing on your shoulder, and then any motion. Of that shoulder up and down also uh, relates to to that joint because it's it's right above it right the AC joint is right above the shoulder, so he injured it on that play, and then you could tell that he was kind of shaking his arm and moving it when he had hurt it, um, but seems like he's doing okay. Listen to him now, and in most likely has what we call a grade one sprain, mm-hmm. which is very minimal, one to two weeks, and really at this point, like they said, he's day to day. It is a pain tolerance thing at this point, and right. as long as he feels better. He can go out and play. Is there a risk that you make it worse? I mean, anytime that you have an injured body part, yes, the pos- the possibility is there. 
that you can make it worse because it is going to be a little bit more prone to injury. Mm-hmm. But as long as, you know, nothing crazy happens, uh, you know, like some big hit where your body gets thrown on you or whatnot, it should be okay. So now we put the shoulder injury on top of the concussion, even though that has since passed, on top of the ankle, on top of the knee. Yeah. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Someone yeah. sent me over the weekend. Um, so my question for you, Gio, again, from a completely outsider perspective, just as a, you know, a, as a doctor, but also as a Jaguar fan, can you say that this each of those injuries is a complete anomaly, or can you say there comes a point in time where the body is just more susceptible to other injuries? Well, I mean, I think generally anytime you have one injury, you're more susceptible to another. But a concussion, I think, is is not related. That's just from a trauma. Mm-hmm. And then you know, the ankle injury to the shoulder, I don't think that's directly related. Um, you know, if you want to argue if your ankle hurts and you're not running as well, then you get tackled, you know, in a worse spot because you can't evade, then I think you could definitely argue that. But mm-hmm. I don't think there's a direct correlation between the ankle and the shoulder. Now, ankle and the knee, I think you can. You can't argue there because those, those are the joint right ab- above and below each other, and those can definitely affect the mechanics of each other uh, if one is injured. No, Doc, Don, uh, Devon Hamilton is back the last couple of weeks. He's back from a back infection, an abscess in his back. Well, I mean, I can only imagine. Listen, I've, I've had issues with my back before, but I can only, I've can i never had an infection yeah. in my back. Yeah, so he's the one that had the pick line that we mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah. When and he came over into like, the yeah, facility. Mm-hmm. He End of September, yeah. somewhere in that time. And no one knew why. And we mentioned that pick line is usually only for infection, right? So pick line is uh, – they insert it, a catheter they insert into your straight into your vein and it basically dumps IV antibiotics. And you do it for, you know, X amount of weeks, between four and seven weeks, depending on what kind of bug you have and how strong it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what he had. And now it comes out they had abscess. So a spinal abscess obviously is not good. It's an infection in the spinal area. Mm-hmm. Um, if that becomes, you know, an abscess, right, it's, it kind of self-contained, grows in itself. If it becomes big, it could put pressure on the spine. It could cause, mm-hmm. you know, temporary paralysis if it's pushing too much pressure and then it can spread in theory which is obviously would be bad where would something like that come from i mean yeah i mean what's the issue in which it would is whereabouts come up from? that's a good question so i mean for him look spinal abscess you can get it from a trauma right you have a laceration Mm -hmm. some people can get an abscess, it just pops up. It's not very common, but you can get, hey, I got this bump growing, and it's like a MRSA infection. That mm-hmm. can happen. Uh, I'm not saying he's this, but right. one of the ways, you know, IV drug abusers can get abscesses. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just kind of the ways that you you can get an abscess. A spinal abscess is, is kind of rare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting how he got it from there. Um, but, you know, luckily for him, he's back, and there's no long-term effects of it, right? He hasn't, he has no, no paralysis, no sepsis or anything. Yeah, and you can go to jaguars.com and you can read John Osher's piece. And the line that he wrote, he developed a spinal abscess during the preseason, major infection that kept him from the first seven games of the season. And then what we were all wondering is, would he suffer from weight loss? Would he be able to maintain the same strength level? Well, he's back, but he also has, you would, I think most people would say, he's not at the level that you'd like to see him. And that's hard to do. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't know what residual effects he has on his spine from this abscess. We don't know yeah. how much he was pushing on his spine. Is he fully recovered in the sense of his strength of his lower lower extremity back from, right. from this injury? So there, there's a lot of variables that we don't necessarily know about. I mean, we just found out he had an infection because, you know, even though we assumed it was, they never said anything before. Right, exactly. 
Now, they are in the postseason, and by they, I mean the boogeyman, as Leon likes to call them, the San Francisco 49ers, but not without some lumps in the road. Uh, Brock Purdy, as we know, threw four interceptions, but he suffered his second stinger in two games on Monday night. It felt like, at least from what we could see on the sidelines, as if he probably could have gone back in, but Kyle Shanahan ultimately made the decision to keep him on the bench. A stinger, Doc. Walk me through what is a stinger and what two games in a row stingers could do for a player. Yeah, so stinger is basically when you have uh, stretch, stretching of the nerve, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the classic picture is when someone's head is to the side. Imagine you're trying to touch your ear to your shoulder, and that force stretches the nerves on stretches the nerves on the right side. So it, it pulls those nerves, causes a temporary pain, uh, numbness, tingling. You can go back in once symptoms resolve. Okay, and that's the rule of a stinger. Now. You can have more uh, a worse stinger where you have now motor disruption and now you have weakness in the shoulder that doesn't go away or weakness in the arm I should say that doesn't go away and it lasts for a while then then it becomes a problem and you start to worry. Most stingers go away during the game, right? Mm-hmm. It takes they, they shake their arm out a couple plays later they're back to normal and you can go back to play. What you worry about is the ones that last longer. Now having two in a row definitely not good. Right. right, it's exactly. never good to injure the same thing twice, especially when you're talking about a nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I wonder the decision to keep him out. I wonder if that's because maybe he did have a little bit of symptoms left that didn't fully go away. And four picks, <laughs> right? And there's no point of him playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. like playing in the fourth quarter when you're down thirty to something. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. All right, now listen. If you've got a sports injury question, uh, Doctor George Bari, Bari Orthopedics. We do Breaking Bones Sunday morning at 7.30. You can hit us with a question right now, 641-1010, and we'll try and include it on the show for sure. Uh, one more from the NFL, and it's TJ Hawkinson. And I always like to know a little bit more about when you have an ACL and an MCL. And by the way, the ACLs right now, Geo, the NFL, ACL injuries right now with TJ Hawkinson included, 33. So far, how is that compared to last year? I would know? think it's probably trending in that same direction number-wise, but uh, not a good number at all. So you go ACL and MCL. What are we looking at? <clears throat> so ACL, MCL. The reason you tear your, you injure your MCL a lot of times when you hurt your ACL is because ACLs tear on the valgus force or mm-hmm. the knock need force. Anything that brings your knee in, right? That valgus force tears it, and what prevents that valgus force? Your MCL. So usually right. in order to injure your ACL, the MCL had to be somewhat compromised, right. whether it's grade two or grade three, to get that injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's, it's kind of rare that we actually fix the MCL with an ACL because usually it's not fully torn and they heal very well on their own. Okay. Occasionally you do have to do both. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not uncommon at all to have an MCL when you have an ACL injury. And it sounded like you know they, they hope he'll be ready in time for the 2024 season. Would you yeah. say with the combination – I mean, probably August, right? So. I mean, yeah. The com- so the combo doesn't change your rehab. Okay. You're still limited by the ACL because the MCL uh, will heal, uh, and you're still limited by the, the rehab of the ACL. Mm-hmm. All right, Gio, good stuff. Uh, BariOrthopedics.com. Make sure you check him out there. Locations all over the First Coast, and they can find us with our podcast. Yeah, Breaking Bones on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on the 1010XL website. Go check it out, uh, Gio. Thanks, my man. All right, we keep it rolling. Uh, we roll until 6 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, getting back into the Jaguar, can they beat the Panthers? We got our ex-poll question out there. We'll throw that back out coming up in just a bit right here on a Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool.
on 1010XL. Sad to say, our time together coming to a close on this lovely... Are we still calling it a golf club of Southampton Wednesday? Yeah, are it we still, is. Are we, because is it still safe? I know the 9 after 5 is technically... <laughs> It's 5:45. Yeah. I don't know what to do with my hands here, Josie. It's 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 no bueno when I walk down the hall. I see Ken Brady and the sun's going down. But uh, yeah, that that's where it's. But as I tell everybody, with uh, Thursday night trivia and music on the patios on Friday nights, you can still have fun at the golf course without putting a peg in the ground. So you can definitely do all that. Two eight seven play. Make sure you give them a shout, and especially if you're booking tournaments going into next year or anything like that. Make sure you get all the. All the festivities planned and lined up. And we appreciate you Nooners uh, who are staying around a little bit later on the airwaves with us. Do not panic. Um, no, we are on till 6 because we are in the Frangie Show time slot, 3 to 6 p.m., as opposed to our normal 12 to 3 time slot. We will return yeah. to the noon hour next week. It's okay, folks. Uh, of course, that will be after what looks to be a loaded Monday slate and hopefully a, a Jaguars victory two days prior. Yeah, exactly. I, I labeled it, you know, bizarro week uh, on 1010XL because we're all in different time slots and, and uh, Hacker and Rick Ballou, uh normally you got Ballou into the night and then Hacker after dark. Well, they doubled up and so they're on in the noon hour. So we've been having a good time. All right, real quick, before we get out of here, the X poll, JJ, because we don't know whether the Jags can make it to the postseason or not right now. Uh, no, we don't know. I, I, by the way, I saw a stat. That says if the Jags, so right now the Jags have a 68% chance, this mm-hmm. is according to NFL, of making the playoffs. If they lose on Sunday to the Panthers, it'll drop to 39%. Oh. If they win, all the way up to 81%. Okay. All right, so Here this is absolutely massive if you already didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so we asked, as always, Twitter question brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Do you think the Jags make the playoffs? Simple as that, yes or no. Yes, leading the way, but not by a lot, 55% to 45%. Ooh, that is a little bit of a surprise. Uh, so, yeah, you can hit it with, uh, you know, uh, and again, Leon, that's that's what this football team is facing right now, doubt uh, in December when last year they, they said anything is possible and they just kept coming up with ways to win. Now they're coming up with ways to lose. Well, listen, I got to see something different than I saw last week. That that team that played against Tampa last week, that, that didn't look like a team that won even playing the playoffs. Yeah. That, that, that's that's the difference. I mean, until you show and prove that you want to be dancing in January, I mean, give us if you want, give us what we saw last week. That if you give us what we saw last week, they could lose this game to the Panthers, which is probably not probably is the worst team in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. And by the way, you know, looking at that four seed, you have to start paying attention to who the seventh seed is and how things are working out from the mm-hmm. wild card point of view. All those things come into play real quick. Right now. The Ravens are at the number one in the number one spot. A loss drops them to number two behind Miami. So if the Dolphins were to win, which this they're playing weekend, each other, mm-hmm. yeah, up in Baltimore, this is this is we're talking high stakes stuff for Miami. They play the Ravens. They got everything on the line. A win for the Dolphins gives them the gives them the AFC East title, and then obviously they're in the driver's seat for the number one spot. But they've got Buffalo to finish out the season, and we know how much is on the line. For Buffalo right now, everyone's thinking home field advantage right now. Like you said earlier, Leon, mm-hmm. you go through Baltimore, that ain't easy. No, it's not going to be easy. But you know what? It's good that the Dolphins are playing these games, these good games late on because they're well-seasoned. I mean, yeah. they played a good Dallas Cowboys team. They're going to damn sure play a good Ravens team on the road, and then they're going to finish at Buffalo. So, I mean, that if you want just, you want to see if your team is playoff ready, mm-hmm. you know, in December, play those type of games. It'll be very interesting to see how they play against the Ravens. Two things. One, um, it is wild to think if the Dolphins were to lose out, 
the mm. Buffalo Bills, would, after everything that happened midway through yeah. the season, mm. still claim the AFC East, which is nuts. And the other thing that I just I keep finding myself thinking about, and it's probably not healthy, but whatever, the Miami Dolphins down the stretch last year lost eight of nine. They won week 17 to ensure they made the postseason, albeit as the wild card. But they were banged up, a concussion yeah. to Tua Tagovailoa. He came mm-hmm. back from those injuries. He tried to play, concussed again. Injuries just kept compiling. And so my question is, that was a Miami team that jumped out of nowhere at the beginning of last year. And as Tua Tagovailoa has noted at length, that was a group of guys that were downtrodden because the previous coaching staff had told many of them that they didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they, they jump out of the gate and obviously everything happens in the second half of the season. And many people said, well, maybe they, they hadn't arrived yet. And I don't want to compare this team to that team, mm-hmm. but that's just but- the vibe I get that people were crowning Miami early on last year. And then look what happened in the second half of the season. Yeah, it really, it's a be careful PSA is what it is. Uh, so let's end on that note. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Well, my takeaway is that this Jaguar team, I need to see them act like they want to play in the playoffs. All right. I don't see I don't want to see what I saw last week. I want to see his team get get excited, get 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 their energy back. I mean, hell, if you got to tear up some furniture over there or whatever, get mad or whatever you got to do. <laughs> to let us know that you're ready to play a game on Sunday. My takeaway is Dewan Smoot told me that this was the best practice today that the Jaguars have had all year. He said you can quantify it and see that there physically were people who wanted to be there and needed to clearly be paying attention to detail. C.J. Beathard, which that interview you can catch on our YouTube channel, said that if you take away the dumb stuff, yeah. the mistakes at the line of scrimmage, the Jaguars had a chance to, to win on Sunday too. So oh, let's I hope, would love to see it. Let's hope they correct that too. Uh, and playing at the right time means something. Buffalo has gone from the 11th seed to the 6th seed in two weeks' time. That's my takeaway. That's how quickly you can get well. All right, so we are out. We had a great time. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 2 o'clock for us, and then the coaches show to follow at 4 o'clock. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton for bringing you Wednesday's show. As always, don't forget 287-PLAY. Get on that T-sheet and enjoy the rest of 2023 before you ring in the new year. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Big Sirs, and JJ. We'll talk to you manana.